The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this one purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you. Inside the Pirate Radio studios, inside of week one, as we make the transition to week two of the college football season, coming up on today's program, we got a ton of college football talk and NFL. We'll talk Pirates South Carolina. We'll get you ready for the week two college slate, the week one NFL slate with a uh, bevy of guests on today's program. Thanks for tuning in today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250. We're on 930. We are live online, PR927FM.com. You can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Got a lot of great videos up on YouTube with our player and coach interviews from Tuesday. So check that out if you want to see Mike Houston's press conference in its entirety. Also, uh, John Young, um, Miles Berry, Tyler Sneed, and, of course, the interview with Fernando Fry which we played a few times on the show yesterday. Uh, special cameo appearance by Jeff Charles as Ric Flair on that show, uh, on that uh, on that video. Uh, we have fun. Shirley was just cutting promos from yesterday's show. I mean, are we yucking it up too much? I don't think we. I don't think you can. I mean, if you don't like the the laughing, the joking, the having fun. Maybe you're just a miserable person, but we try to have fun here. Did someone say we were having too much fun? Absolutely not. Okay, Um, just checking. But, like, it was a ton of loud laughter and just (laughs) yucking. I can see where, like, it could get annoying to some if they don't like what we're laughing at. We definitely had the giggles yesterday. We did. It was a fun show. Well, it was because it was something that was quite uncharacteristic for, uh, you know, the you know we, we were was getting just, audio from practice we don't you, typically find do you have fernando fry ready yes i do all right i mean let's go ahead and play it right out of the gate here on a let's a do Wednesday. it all right we might as well fernando when you guys rewatch the app game kind of what were the, the big takeaways for the offense Rick Flair. Oh, I mean, <laughs> if you can hear that without chuckling you're a better man than me uh that got us tickled yesterday also during mike houston talking uh, at his press conference, there was some noise going on. Malcolm Gray had to shut everybody down. Oh, hold on. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. It was just an all-timer, an all-time yeah. day over at uh, the Toon Bank Terror. And uh, we had fun with it. Even uh, Brian Bailey. Yo! 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 But today, folks, no laughs. All serious business. You better quit laughing. Oh, well, then I'll be over here. So quit laughing! <laughs> Crap, I laughed. Put a dollar in the, in the laugh jar. We're, we're serious today. Yeah. Because, look, everything sucks. The world sucks. 
No more Mr. Funny Guy. ECU uh, is uh, going to be left behind. Everything sucks. Why laugh? Let's be serious. Let's, yeah. Let's like, you know, a lot of a lot of shows are based on talking about all the crap that goes on in the world. Right. And we're just trying to bring laughter to your living room or uh, your cars. We're going to keep laughing. All right, fine. We'll keep laughing. No, that was yesterday, but we're serious today. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, the voice Jeff Charles joins us now. I can barely think right, of Jeff another dollar. laughing. I know. Uh, I will ask him what was happening uh, in the background of that Fernando Fry video. Maybe he has an answer for us and uh, a teaser for what people could see at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. But we'll uh, we'll talk about what he saw uh, in Charlotte last Thursday with the Pirates losing to App State and also uh, get his thoughts on ECU South Carolina. Was he surprised at uh, what was going or, or the spread for the game uh, coming up this Saturday against South Carolina? Um, you can chime in on Facebook Live if you'd like, or Twitter, or give us a call, 317-1250. Steve Hill says, Clipper! Clipper! And he says, can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Uh, oh, no. Now the listeners are getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not? Uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It is great fun. You know what, Chandler? Let's make that a t-shirt. It is great fun four words to describe this show and our lives great fun it is great fun it is great fun uh jeff charles at around 325 the return of wager mcgee at four o'clock where has wager been how big is his notebook now that he has had all this time away from us to compile the data look at the rosters look at the numbers crunch them put them on paper and uh, we'll see what he likes for week two of college football and week one of the NFL. If you're if you're into gambling, you'll enjoy that hour. If you're into football, you'll enjoy the hour because you'll find out who has the edge in the upcoming matchups this week. The edge! Thank you, Stephen Igo. Coming up at 5 o'clock, Bryce Williams will join us. And we Dang. will go Pirate Radio Outdoors with Chandler Honeycutt and with Bryce Williams. And uh, we'll get Bryce's thoughts on week one and his thoughts taking on South Carolina. It was, uh, I guess, what, the year after Bryce? Did Bryce go down to South Carolina? I know Scotty Moe did in year one when they lost that game. I think Bryce did as well. Was he on the team when and it Shane? Was, it, was, uh, it was Mike Davis, right, who ran out the clock against yeah. the uh, – yeah. against, against Oh, Bryce. I forgot about that game. Yeah. And then the following year, ECU had – I think it was the following year for two years after uh south carolina man we had them on their the heels and I, just could not cash in a red zone opportunity. i want to say the south carolina game where mike davis literally ran out the clock against us uh was Mo? The, no okay that, yeah. that was rough it was the week before we beat virginia tech I don't know why i do this off memory i guess to just see if i can impress myself but i could just look it up and I will do that. East Carolina in 2016. That was the Zay game Jones where that, he caught 22 oh, balls. Yeah. In fact, let's uh, let's look at that box score real quick. Now that we're here, uh, you're right. He had a monster game. And then in 2014 was the game where South Carolina took the ball. Uh, they were up seven with like 11 minutes left. I can probably find out the actual numbers. And then went on like a eight nine minute drive. Yep. 
and kicked a field goal to win it. And then we beat Virginia Tech the next week. Uh, and this one, South Carolina was up 17 to nothing. ECU came back, uh, ended up losing 20 to 15. But man, the red zone uh, opportunities in that game, it was uh, absolutely brutal. Zay Jones, where can I find the individual numbers? Zay Jones in that contest. Philip Nelson, 44 of 58. 400 yards, a touchdown, two picks. James Summers had 71 yards on 11 carries. Zay Jones, 22 catches, 190 yards. Wow. Good grief. 22 catches. One of those two interceptions by Philip Nelson was in the red zone. And I remember we squandered away like they had a three or four uh, red zone opportunities. Maybe a missed kick here or there. They, They just had a ton of chances there. All right, we have uh, a message for Chandler. Robert on Facebook Live says, a Husky beat your Whiteville team for the Eastern State Football Championship. Some guy named Chester McLaughlin was your number one player. Danny Ford was there also. Chandler doesn't know who Chester McLaughlin is. I don't know. I do. He is. Uh, he's a little before your time. I remember him, I want to say, for the Raiders. He went to Clemson, right? He was a defensive lineman. Hmm. But Chester McLaughlin, a really cool well, name. I became the voice of the Wolfpack in 2019. So. Next time you... Uh, and I, that's not my high school alma mater, but for people listening. Your high school is what? Lakewood High School. All right. When they, when you're in uh, Wyville calling your next game, ask somebody about Chester McLaughlin. All right. And uh, line them up for the show next week. Got you. All right. Sounds good. All right. They're going to say, who the hell is that? If nah. they do, leave immediately. <laughs> Say, I'm not calling this game. <laughs> then I'm not in Whiteville. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to the rundown. The line has shifted to the favor of the Gamecocks. I looked at it today. South Carolina, a one-and-a-half-point favorite against East Carolina. Okay. So, remember what happened in the App State line? It was, what, 14-and-a-half, 14. Got bet down all the way to nine. Was around 10 for kickoff. So people like the underdog, like the Pirates. They were betting it heavy. Now, ECU the favorite, people like the underdog. People betting the uh, the dog in South Carolina to make it now a South Carolina one-and-a-half-point favorite over East Carolina. My pick is in already. I'm taking ECU to win this game on Saturday in a big bounce-back spot. But I could see why betters i could see why pirate fans would think that south carolina should and are favored in this football game and i do think it is because of maybe the quarterback talk that's starting to occur uh as we get near kickoff time uh doty uh i think i saw where ronnie woodward was tweeting out today that there's some talk that makes him think that maybe doty might be ready to go maybe that's the case why the line is moving or maybe it's not but uh it does look like they might have their quarterback situation under control here as we get closer to kickoff ronnie woodward said uh tweeted earlier today marcus satterfield the offensive coordinator of south carolina said on Doty, uh this week we've really pushed him towards more of 100 percent reps to see what he can do and to make sure his foot is where it needs to be uh, I'm anxious to see when we get to game time if he'll be ready to go or not. But he looked good today. In quote, if they're giving him more, uh, pushed him, pushed him toward more of 100 percent reps, he's good. He's he's playing. He's good to go. He's playing Saturday. So uh, Doty back at quarterback. Also, is it Kevin Harris? Who's their uh, all-world running back? that they got playing uh i want to say it's harris but so Saqu- so quandre white is the guy behind him 
Kevin Harris will Kevin be back, Harris. I believe, this week. Uh, he's got. Let's see. He is. Uh, he's a stud, and we're going to see a lot of him. Eleven hundred yards rushing last year for South Carolina. I believe that was enough to lead the SEC. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you talk about the SEC's leading rusher. That's uh, that certainly says something. He uh, yeah had eleven hundred thirty eight last year. Fifteen touchdowns for kevin harris and uh, we'll see him saturday as well at dowdy ficklin stadium so looks like it is trending to Doty playing for south carolina coming up on saturday at noon our pregame coverage begins saturday 8 a.m on the bud light pregame tailgate hopefully Doty looks like duty on saturday i'm sorry i had to was that supposed there. to be funny i'm not I, I can't laugh on today's show if i could chandler i would have really belly laughed at that one Hopefully, Doty looks like duty. All it's right. two little butt cheeks. I, hey, you know what? You. I'm going to go ahead and put my dollar in the laughing jar. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, NFL news. I, I, I What's haven't, up? I haven't been excited about this player since Washington signed him, and this is the reason why. Curtis Samuel is Mr. Glass, isn't he? Didn't he have this issue with the Panthers staying on the field? He I left, mean, yeah, in his first couple years. He left practice today. He hadn't practiced, like, had a full practice since joining the team. Let me look at his um, history, player participation, if I can find it. So, yeah, so, 2017, he played in nine games, started four. 2018, 13 games. He played in 16 and 15 games the last two seasons. So, hmm. has he... But he's been like in and out of the lineup, right? Right. He hasn't been a full-time starter Yeah. Uh, for the Panthers. Uh, maybe that's because they were trying to sit him out because of maybe a, a tweak that he had in practice. I, I do feel like there was a lot of times as he was a Carolina Panther that there was injury talk about Curtis Samuel. Not enough to keep him out of the game, but he was, I feel like, constantly like – Questionable. Know, questionable for for playing or you know doubtful or you know whatever but um yeah i actually thought not until the last couple of years of his time in carolina he was a a full-time starter and i do remember in you know his first couple of years in charlotte he he was kind of back and forth on the starting lineup but uh yeah hopefully he's good to go for you guys come sunday well but, he's not i'm sorry that's fine but he's not good to go. I'll tell you who is good to go. Carson Wentz, quarterback of the Colts. How about that plot twist? Thought mm. he wasn't going to be ready to go week one. What about Quentin Nelson? I do not know about Quentin Nelson. They had the same injury. Did they? Yeah. I mean, that's what you want from your offensive lineman and quarterback. Yeah. That type of synergy. It's like a twin. You get hurt. Do you have a twin, Chandler? I might. <laughs> I mean, look, we don't. I, I might know. as well. You never know. How could you know? Doppelgangers are like a thing. Now, there are some doppelgangers out there. I've seen myself out there before. It's kind of creepy. You ever seen yourself in public? I've seen like videos of people sending or taking a video of someone that looks like me and sending it to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw what appeared to be you out in public, would would you interact with that person? I would. would. (laughs) Hey, what would you ask? (laughs) What's your mother's name? Wow, that's pretty personal, right off the top. But if he was to say Jennifer, I would freak out. Well, you, yeah, you think you might have a family member, right? Well, okay, so let's say he says, you know, Janet. What would your next question be? Damn it, Janet. 
Uh, you haven't really thought this through. No. I think about I, this all the time. I didn't. I didn't think we were going down this this uh, train track. How could you not? This is a conversation <laughs> I have with everyone every day. Just something to think about, folks. If you saw what uh, appeared to be yourself, would you interact with that person? Um, have, I have had this happen to me a lot, where I get a tap on the shoulder or a "Hey, man, hey, what's going on?" and I look, and I'm like, "Who the hell are you?" And then they go. Oh my goodness! I thought you were somebody else. I'm so sorry. That has happened to me a lot. Hmm. So there's people out there that look like me. One well, time we were uh, done playing trivia at AJ's, and we were out on the patio area with our backs turned to a table, and a girl said, "Hey, is one of you named Chandler?" Yeah. And I, yeah, that him right there, that guy. Me. She was like, that's my name. I was wondering why y'all kept talking about me over here. (laughs) We don't know who the hell you are. We're talking to this channel. I've been told uh, by multiple people that I have a doppelganger that apparently works at Vidant Hospital. But I've never actually crossed paths with that individual. Oh, that would be creepy if I went to the hospital and like the nurse or doctor looked like Shirley. (laughs) And I'd be like, whoa, you're not a doctor yeah it's i mean yes i am the weird thing is is that not you know about a month or two ago my mother was in the hospital for six days and i and i actually had someone mention it to me while my mother was in the hospital but i never crossed paths with whoever this person was but uh and that's not the first time i've been told probably over the last couple of years that someone over at vident looks like me i've been uh yeah i've been told by several people they like after watching um some movie they're like you look like uh ryan gosling i was like oh well interesting i don't know who that is but thanks i just googled hottest actors <laughs> and his name popped up on the list so i went so said you look like ryan gosling no dumbass i was joking <laughs> you kind of do in the face <laughs> what is wrong with you i swear oh man take that as a compliment i do but i think you're freaking blind have you had your <laughs> no man you look like ryan gosling come we on we need to do an eye chart in here do we do they still do the old uh have we found a better way to test people's eyes other than like the e backwards e m w you know what i'm saying yeah the, the eye, eye chart, chart. Yeah. yeah uh no is that still going i don't know unfortunately i don't know but we have gotten off the tracks like i time. said we're doing a serious show today no more joking around no more mr nice guy <laughs> that's right <laughs> stop laughing guys stop laughing yeah i'd like to see you try to stop me it is nfl eve as uh the cowboys and bucks play on thursday night you can hear it right here on pirate radio we have an nfl triple header for you coming up on sunday on pirate radio as well so uh looking forward to the start of nfl season uh i guess no news is good news on the uh, panthers front hadn't heard anything at a Panthers camp. We do have one set of news. It's not injury-related, but it is COVID-related. John Miller, our starting right guard, uh, was tested positive for, for the coronavirus. Unfortunately, he was one of the – and this is such a coincidence – he was one of the two unvaccinated players left on the Panthers. So he will be out at least 10 days, but Dennis Daly will take his spot and be starting at the right guard position on Sunday when the Panthers take on the Jets. All right, there you go. Steve says, I uh, look like a younger Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> diabetes steve you look like bofa (laughs) bofa what (laughs) bofa what clip i don't know the last name (laughs) um Um, 
This just came out a few minutes ago. Uh, University of Cincinnati has officially submitted an application to join the Big 12. Big 12 is expected to announce Friday Cincinnati will join. Clearly, Shirley, number four on the rundown says not good news. That is, oh, that, you ruined it! <laughs> and that, you blew it! That is the not good news, uh, that all this is happening without East Carolina being a part of it. So, yeah, Cincinnati... Uh, and I, I'm interested to see the timeline on this, Shirley. I don't. I know you probably had not time to read the article, but like, what is what does this mean? When would they leave the American? What does it mean for Texas and Oklahoma as far as joining the SEC? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really. Again, I am ignoring all this, not because I'm pretending. I'm not pretending that it's not happening. I just I don't care. I don't care because we're not involved. I don't really care who's added to the AAC. It's all a big joke anyway, and we're getting left behind. We're still going to have athletics. I'm just going to preview and recap the games ECU plays in, no matter who they play. Absolutely. That's all I can do. I realize that this is a major deal financially and moving forward in the landscape of college football and college athletics, but I'm just not, uh, not into discussing it, really. But if you are, you can give us a call, 317-1250, or chime in on Facebook. So there you Fair go. Fair enough. There's the not good news. All right, that is the rundown. We will take a timeout. When we return, we'll visit with the voice Jeff Charles, get his thoughts on East Carolina App State, East Carolina, South Carolina, him yelling in the background of the Fernando Fry video, and more. When we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday, we're back with you after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back got damage damage from wood rot fixed damage from smoke or fire fixed damage caused by water fixed if you've got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company. Visit FixedNC.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed NC, restore, renew, maintain. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, Bud Light EC Report brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be with you on the Bud Light pregame tailgate coming up uh, Saturday morning before East Carolina and south carolina 8 a.m and we'll visit with the voice there we'll visit with the voice right now and talk some pirate football as jeff charles joins us on the fixed nc live line jeff how you doing today clip i'm doing great i think we need some positive news around here and i was looking back over the series between ecu and south carolina and you know in the decade of the 90s the pirates had a winning record against the gamecocks they were four and three against south carolina and i can remember a a lot of big wins over the Gamecocks, uh, most of them coming in Columbia. So this is going to be the 20th game in the series, and I think it's good for both programs, especially for the Pirates to have 
an SEC school coming into Greenville this weekend. Yeah, and honestly, Jeff, I didn't know if it was happening. It seemed like this uh, game kept getting pushed back, moved to Columbia, you know, and uh, glad to see them finally rolling into Greenville. I know one of those meetings, Jeff, was a just a, a Scott Harley runathon, right? He ran all over the Gamecocks in uh, Columbia one of those Saturdays. Yeah, he sure did. There have been some big games uh, that the Pirates have won in this series. And then, of course, you know, we, we talk about the 1999 game a lot, Clip. That was a game the Pirates won 21-3. to And uh, that was when ECU was dealing with a hurricane. Yeah, That was a big win uh, for, for ECU. In fact, uh, the Pirates uh, won that game in 99 and have not won a game since. South Carolina has won four games in a row in the series. But there have been some big wins, and I know some disappointed South Carolina fans, I can remember a Lou Holtz coach team that the Pirates went down there and, and beat, and uh, he was he was distraught after the game. So Pirates uh, there for a while had the South Carolina Gamecocks number, but here of late, South Carolina has had the better of it in the series. Well, Jeff, uh, you talk about positive news, something to look forward to. Uh, yesterday, while Fernando Fry was being interviewed over at Town Bank Tower, we heard the voice in the, bow- in the background rattling off some wrestlers' names and even wooing a few times. So <laughs> <laughs> tell us, uh, what are we looking forward to there, Jeff? What was going on uh, there yesterday? <laughs> well, they hit me with that one cold. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Meador came up with me and said, uh, we need a 15 seconds uh segment that they do on the on the video board so okay helped them out but uh you know once i thought about it i left out a bunch of guys i, I wish i would have included so they hit me with a cold and i did the best i could we uh we had some fun yesterday playing the fernando fry interview and hearing the voice wooing in the background so i guess that's coming up uh this saturday for fans in attendance yeah it should be uh this saturday okay good deal it'll be the Pirates and Gamecocks will visit with The Voice early morning Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to kickoff. Jeff, uh, and we're far removed from it now, just about a week uh, from the season opener, but have not talked to you since then. Just, uh, I don't know, a a thought or two on what's happening in Stapalachian State. I guess uh, the old cliche, the better team uh, won that game last Thursday night. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that clip, but the word that has come to my mind here for the last few days is disappointment. I think there's disappointment on the staff, uh, the coaching staff, also the players, the fans, uh, those of us uh, in the broadcast area that that support East Carolina every which way we can every week, and, and we were all disappointed. I expected East Carolina to play a lot better last week and they just did not do it, and unfortunately it, it looked like some of the same old, same old that We've seen here the last few years, and it reared its ugly head again this uh, this past Thursday. So we're hoping the Pirates play better this week. But you know, Cliff, we get into these old cliches and these old sayings. But unfortunately, in sports, it, it usually is the same thing. And in football, we talk about you have to be able to stop the run and you have to be able to run the ball. The Pirates couldn't do either against Appalachian State. Appalachian State had 226 yards on the ground. The Pirates only had 96 and East Carolina got whipped up front on both sides of the ball, and that was our biggest fear going into the game because we knew that it was a veteran offensive line, veteran defensive line for Appalachian, and still some question marks for the Pirates up front. And that's my biggest concern, Clip, going into this game on Saturday with South Carolina. They have all four of their defensive linemen returning from last year, and they have four or five starters in the offensive line returning from uh, from last season. So, that's another concern, just like it was last week. And 
the Pirate offensive lines and defensive lines are going to have to grow up in a hurry this week. Jeff, uh, talk about being snake bit. Second straight year where a tackle goes down for the Pirates in week one. Last year it was Deontay Smith. This year, Bailey Malavik. I guess the, the positive news this year is you have Noah Henderson ready to go in and play at tackle, and they hope he's back to 100% in football shape and ready to go. But, man, that's another tough one to, uh, to swallow just one week into the season. Yeah, it is, and I feel for Bailey because he had worked so hard. We talked last year, Cliff, that he didn't really look like a right tackle because he was on the thin side. He was only about 255 pounds. But, boy, did he ever work in this past year. Got in the weight room, and his nutrition was better, and he got up to 285 pounds. So he was a legit 6'7", 285 playing right tackle, and they've always liked him because he's athletic and he can move his feet. Well, now, unfortunately for Bailey, he's out for the year. And I feel for the kid because he worked so hard to to improve his body and improve as a player. And now he's going to have to go through that long, arduous rehab with a knee injury. So he's out. Next man up. Noah Henderson played well last week. He'll get the start. And then they brought in this young kid from uh, the West Coast uh, who's going to probably see some playing time uh, at the right tackle spot as well. Young man who uh, started his career at uh, Diablo Valley Community College and then moved on uh, to Oregon State, looked like he was going to go to Oregon State, and now he's with the Pirates, Rob Vanderland, and he's he's got the size, Cliff. He's 6'5", 301 pounds, and I think we'll see him play some at right tackle this week as well. But, you know, the other guys in talking with the coaches, they felt like, you know, they did a, a decent job last week. Justin Chase and Nyshot Stroker and Avery Jones and Sean Bailey is a veteran up front. Uh, some of those guys did, I believe, grade out fairly well. But, boy, as a unit, they just have to do a better job, especially with Rajay Harris. He just didn't have anywhere to run last week. Now, Keaton Mitchell was able to get to the outside, as we know, and made some things happen. But, boy, it was tough running between the tackles. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, we talked about the point spread of the Appalachian State game when it first came out. And uh, if you were surprised or not, uh, let's let's have that conversation again. Were you surprised at all to see East Carolina a favorite over uh, South Carolina going into Saturday's game? Yeah, I really was, Cliff. I thought it was a misprint. But <laughs> I, did, I did see that, and I know it's gone back and forth uh, this week. I didn't pay much attention to it here the last couple of days. It's like South Carolina's a one-and-a-half point favorite now, so it has shifted a little bit to the Gamecock side. Well, I'm still surprised, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Unfortunately, these guys are are really pretty close uh, most of the time, and we've talked about that over the years. I thought the, the 10, 10 and a half, whatever it was at kickoff time last week was a little bit high, and I expected the Pirates to, to cover last week, but... As we all know, it didn't happen. They lost by 14 points. So we'll see what this week brings. Jeff Charles will be on the call alongside Kevin Monroe and the crew on the Pirates IMG Sports Network coming up Saturday for East Carolina and South Carolina. Jeff, uh, man, I, I tell you what, I took advantage of my, my football Saturday off. I don't get many of those. I watched uh, football from noon till after midnight. How about you? How much did you watch uh, outside of East Carolina in week one? I watched a lot, Clip. I watched the Virginia Tech game on the yeah. night, and my goodness, they could not have put another person in Lane Shoehorn. <laughs> what a tremendous atmosphere they had for the Hokies last week, and what a great win over North Carolina. Then I watched a number of games on Saturday. I always try and watch games that East Carolina opponents are going to be playing in, so I can kind of get a look at what's uh, on deck for ECU football. 
And I'll tell you what, Marshall looked terrific, and yeah. he looked horrible. I have never seen a Navy team look that bad. I don't know what's going on with them. And then Marshall played lights out. They just looked great on both offense and on defense. And I watched Houston uh, in that game with Texas Tech. I watched that game as well last week. And and uh, Houston, they're going to be good. Uh, we think they're going to be, you know, the top division in this league, top half. And, uh, you know, they're going to be able to move the ball. They're athletic like they usually are. And Dana Holgerson's had a chance now to put his system in place. It's been a little bumpy ride for him down there. But Houston always has terrific athletes, and they have them again this year. So, yeah, I did have a chance to watch watch quite a bit. I, I really came impressed with uh, Marshall, came away impressed clip with Marshall. I just didn't think they were going to be that good. I don't know if it was just one of those days where the snowball went downhill the right way for them and, everything clicked or if they're really that good and and navy my goodness uh i don't know what's going on with navy well that's the look terrible the second straight year jeff they have come out of the gates and laid an egg last year it was on national tv against byu and then kenny amatololo said that they hadn't been physical enough hadn't been tackling in practice that was going to change and they got a little better as the season went along but this is the the second straight year where they have just been blown out and as you said just looked awful in week one yeah, and Cliff, you know, when you play Navy because of the style of play that they have and the offense that they run, uh, if you had your druthers, you'd like to play them early in the year yeah. to get them the first or second game of the year. Unfortunately, the Pirates play them in November, way late in November this year. And, you know, when you give them a chance, and maybe they'll be out of gas by then, I don't know, but if you play them late September or October, you know, that's usually when they really start rolling. If they've got that offense clicking, you know, they're kind of like in midseason form by game five or six, and they're, as we all know, nobody has to tell East Carolina they're very difficult to stop. So if you had them on the schedule, if you could make up the schedule, you'd like to have them early in the year. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, I don't want to talk about conference realignment. Uh, and there's nothing uh, nothing positive to say about that. How about, uh, have you been following the wrestling realignment? How about, you got CM Punk, you got Daniel Bryan, now Bryan Danielson uh, in AEW. And AEW is, is, uh, is getting all these guys, all these big stars, all these fan favorites that were formerly in WWE. At some point, they might, you know, fill the roster too much. I don't know. But right now, uh, I don't know. Vince and, and WWE's got to be a little bit nervous about what AEW's doing. I think you're right. I think AEW has become the Big 12 because all the defections are headed. To, <laughs> they have deep pockets. As you know, well, no clip. We've talked about this. The Khan family owns AEW, and they own the Jacksonville Jaguars, and money's really no object. So they're able to acquire talent. Professional wrestling is, is just like football, basketball, baseball, and hockey now. You, know, you have, like, free agents. You have guys who are leaving uh, different organizations to go with another one. Their contracts expire, and they have a chance to sign and go somewhere else. So I think AEW is a major player. I think Vince McMahon and, and WWE, they see them nipping at their heels here just a little bit. And I'm not really surprised because I really like the product. I like the way it looks on television. I like their storylines. I like the talent that they're bringing in, Clip. And so I think they may be able to give WWE a run for their money, and we've seen a lot of organizations do that and, and really fail. But these yeah. people have deep pockets, and they know what they're doing. So 
This is a little bit of a different animal, a little different game, I think, for Vince McMahon and Kevin. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you've either had, you know, money, but no, you know, insight on what to do as far as how the wrestling business works. Uh, you've had one or the other, but they have combined both uh, with, with Cody Rhodes and the people at the top there. And then the, the con pocketbook is uh, is always going to have some money to throw out. So uh, it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating to see. I really thought there would never be a... Uh, of you know a real viable number two option but it appears aew has become that jeff charles joining us jeff uh i'm fired up my washington football team will begin their season sunday against the the chargers i know you're you're not a huge nfl watcher to the playoffs right jeff you, you just don't have the time uh during the season yeah that's pretty much it uh clip we talk about this a lot usually on sundays i'm kind of ready to put football in the back burner for a little while because we're so consumed with it for six days during the week so yeah, it's on Sunday afternoons if I'm out and about. I usually listen to games on radio. I don't really sit in front of the TV and watch a whole lot of NFL football. I'm usually thinking about the next game for the Pirates and getting ready on Monday to, to play another game. So, yeah, but uh, I know a lot of people love NFL football, obviously, and I know it does start this weekend. So we'll see how Washington does. We'll see how the Panthers do. But there's a lot of Panther fans, and you know the Panthers are kind of like the younger generation of fans uh, in North Carolina and South Carolina because the younger folks grew up with uh, the Panthers and some of the uh, other folks have got allegiances, uh, older fans to some other teams. But, you know, when I talk to people, you know, like 40 or younger, I mean, they're almost all Panther fans. Yeah, I uh, sometimes, Jeff, throughout the year, I think, uh, should I have made the switch from Washington to the Panthers? I might have lived a happier life, but, uh, you know, I stuck with the team, and here we are. Jeff, uh, great to chat with you today. We'll talk to you coming up Saturday morning on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, getting folks ready for the noon kickoff, East Carolina and South Carolina. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you on Saturday. Well, thank you, Cliff. I'll join you at 8 o'clock. And then our UBE show this year, we're moving it from Saturday to right. Fridays. So we'll be on the air at 12 noon from UBE. Want to see a lot of Pirate fans drop by and see us with our live broadcast from 12 to 1 on Friday at University Book Exchange. You know, Cliff, we had to take a one-year hiatus because of COVID last year. But we are back now, so this will be our 33rd year out of 34 years broadcasting live on Pirate Football Weekends at UBE. Looking forward to seeing Don and Yvonne and everybody down there. who They all do such a great job at UBE. We've had such a wonderful relationship with them for uh, all these years. And so we're really looking forward to going back and doing the show again this year after being away from the uh, ube show for years live friday at noon and also coming up saturday morning at seven o'clock we'll re-air it so the ube power preview back for another year that is exciting jeff and i uh, looking forward to that on friday yep we'll have uh, a good lineup uh, coach Steele, dale Steele, is going to come down and be with us live and then we'll visit with don edwards and he'll tell us what's going on uh, at the store and uh, around town he's so involved with uptown greenville as we know and we'll hear from the ecu coordinators donnie kirkpatrick from the offense and the defensive coordinator blake harrell they will give us their game plan and we're going to visit with four pirate football players as well so yeah gonna have a big show and get everybody set and ready for a big weekend coming up this saturday sounds awesome jeff we'll uh we'll hear from you then and uh talk to you in these studios uh here on saturday sounds great thanks clip there is the voice, Jeff Charles, joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. UB Pirate Preview coming your way at an all-new time, Fridays at noon, and we will 
re-serve it up coming up 7 a.m on saturday morning uh before the pirates and the gamecocks we got a fun uh, ride on the four-hour ride on the bud light pregame tailgate coming up on saturday morn we will take a time out come back wrap up hour number one coming up in hour number two the return of wager mcgee we will break down week two of the college football slate and talk week one nfl get wager's thoughts on south carolina and east carolina as well that's coming up at four o'clock right here on pirate radio live we got more in hour number one after this Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Got a lot of NFL trivia ready to go for tonight at 8 o'clock at AJ McMurphy's. Here's one for you folks out there and for Shirley and Chandler. This ACC school has two starting quarterbacks starting this week in the NFL that went to their school. I could have worded that a lot better. This ACC school has two NFL starting quarterbacks in week one. It's not state, even though they have a million quarterbacks in the NFL. It is not state. Um, Oklahoma. Oh, no, you said a, uh, ACC school. Atlantic Coast Conference. Um, Clemson. I was No. Say- oh, crap. Deshaun Watson. Never mind. He's not playing. Um, hold on. Uh, Chandler's face is Chandler's face on the video because yeah. it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. <laughs> oh God! Let's see if anybody can beat you on Facebook Live or on Twitter. Oh God! Or call in three one seven twelve fifty. Oh God! We'll find something for you to win. No. What do you mean no? I want to win. <laughs> well hurry up just Ugh. start naming acc schools then virginia no, no. Uh, matt shaw is not playing this week <laughs> uh let's go with uh duke no uh let's see they do have danny dimes danny dimes baby let's go with louisville ding 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 now who are they all right lamar, <laughs> lamar jackson yeah and who else? Teddy Two Gloves. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson, the starters from Louisville. It's kind of rando, kind of a rando ACC team. By the way, Louisville is the worst. The worst. Did you see them the other night? Their Again. defense was horrible. Ole Miss's offense, man, you want to talk about up-tempo. Ole Miss was running snap, or like they were running plays every like three or four seconds. They I want to see what they look like against another opponent. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was week one. I think Louisville's pretty crap. 
Louisville uh, lost like two or three players in the first half to targeting penalties. Oh, it was the target fest. I tweeted <laughs> right at kickoff, uh, made the best cheater win, and both of those teams were cheating their ass off oh! uh, the other night. But I want to see Ole Miss against like, – who do they got uh, coming up? Uh, let's look at their schedule. I want to know if they're that good and that fast. Scott Satterfield, more like Scott <laughs> Satterfield. With with a D, yes, huh, that's pretty good. That's 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 classic. I comedy. learned from the best. Uh, they got Let's Go P coming up this Saturday night, Austin P, and then Tulane will go to the Grove, oh, to Oxford to take on Mississippi. Hello. So that'll be uh, speaking of uh, Austin P, Will Healy with Charlotte getting the big win over Duke on Is Friday he from night. Austin P. I think that's where he can, uh, was last time. Okay, did not know that uh yeah that was a uh, nice win we had some uh really kind of comical field rushing going on on uh week one one of those was uh duke and charlotte uh charlotte storming the field oh i didn't see that on duke there was another one where a team beat a bad opponent and stormed and now i can't think of it but it was like uh fans were back for the first time you know i'd rather see field storming than fist fighting in the stands Mm -hmm. if we're going to do something uh returning to the uh, game so yeah let's keep the field storming going like if ecu beat south carolina on a last second touchdown uh, does the boneyard storm the field is the boneyard going to be there in the fourth quarter are the students going to stay i tell you what when i was in school they didn't i know hadn't uh back in my day (laughs) i tell you what we didn't stay for crap Well, see, when I was in school, man, there was nothing to cheer about. Nothing. When I was in school, we had John we had Thompson. Scotty Moe. I had John Thompson. God, I can't wait to be 65, 70 years old. Hopefully, East Carolina thriving. My grandchildren going to East Carolina going, we love football games. I'm going to say, well, back in my day, son, we had Scotty Montgomery. We didn't win but nine games in three years. You can't wait to tell that story. Uh, boy, what to com- tell the pain that I went through. What conference will ECU be in when you're a grandpa? <laughs> the big 24. Some newly formed, like the big United States Stars and Bars uh, Association. Stars and Bars match? Uh, all right. We're, uh, we're wrapping up this hour. Coming up, hour two, the return of Wager McGee. Uh, Wager, don't walk down the hallway. There's video on. Don't Don't walk down the hallway. Oh, Wager. Don't uh, let me get it. Let me get off of our camera. You need to go shut that door or something. Um, did he already walk through? Yeah, but it was it, <laughs> no, it was already, but it was very quick. Oh, the identity of Wager exposed. Put on the hood, Wager. <laughs> he hasn't been here in a while. He forgot the. He went to go do he a forgot the protocols. Uh, we got Bryce Williams coming up in the five o'clock hour. We got more Mike Houston to get to as well. In fact, uh, we got a bunch. Shirley, let's hear uh, cut four from Mike Houston. Uh, does he think that South Carolina will be blitzing a lot uh, this week? Well, I would I would expect to see that uh, you know pretty regularly. That's um, I thought App did a great job of mixing up uh, pressure and playing coverage. Uh, so uh, you know I thought that was yeah. We just... oh, hey, can you be quiet, please? Thank you. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, I guess everybody didn't get the memo. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought App did a good job mixing up, you know, playing coverage and pressure. Uh, you know, South Carolina, Clayton White 
the defense coordinator at South Carolina, did a great job at Western Kentucky, uh, and he's got a great scheme. So I, I do expect to see a good bit of pressure this week. Mike Houston on the South Carolina defense and a cameo from Brian Bailey. Yo! 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 And Malcolm Gray saying, can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Troy D. asked what happened with the operation on the missed extra point early in the game. Number five. Well, I think we only had one issue was on, the, on the first one. And uh, it was a mix-up between the snapper and the holder. Just, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, can happen there in a the first game. And, and we got that corrected immediately. So uh, I thought we did a good job the rest of the night. And let's hear one more before we take a timeout. Uh, Stephen Igo asked, what issues uh, did Coach Houston see from Thursday's game that are fixable uh, heading into week two against South Carolina? Well, I mean, I think it depends on where you're talking, uh, you know, whether it's offense, defense, or wherever. You know, the, the thing that defensively that, uh, you know, is, is very fixable is I just thought the speed of their offensive front and the way they executed um, created some situations where we had some guys miss some gaps, you know, we're moving, they're moving. Uh, you know, they move a heck of a lot faster than uh, our scout team guys did during practice, uh, and we overshot a, a gap every once in a while. And when you when that happens, you're gonna have a big play. And so that's where some of those you know 10, 15 yard runs uh, scored it out on us. So uh, it's something we've we've very conscientious of. We talked about it on Friday: game speed versus preseason speed. Uh, and so I think it's a great experience for our for our guys. You know those D linemen, they got some experience last year, okay? Um, but it's just another reminder, you know, for them just the, how fast game speed is. Uh, I think when you look at offensively, it was just execution. And it's and you look at the frustrating thing, it wasn't one guy, you know, but it was maybe six or seven guys one time. Uh, and you put all that together and you look up and, and, and it looks like you had more issues than you had. But uh, I do feel like those issues are fixable. And uh, – and I think, you know, most teams, um, you know, have some mistakes there in game one. And you, you see them fixed, you know, from week one to week two. That's where you see the improvement. Uh, that was one of the things I thought that was most impressive about uh, App State's performance is I didn't think they had many, many mistakes. I mean, I thought they played like a veteran, uh, you know, a veteran roster. There is Mike Houston talking about some things that can be corrected heading in to week two. We'll hear more Mike Houston coming up in hour three of today's show when Bryce Williams joins us inside the Pirate Radio studios. Uh, By the way, thank you, Johnny. The listeners and viewers always picking me up on things I do not remember or can't recall. The other crap team that stormed the field was Kansas after beating an FCS opponent stormed the field the other night. Just, just awesome. Good for the what? Jayhawks. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Guess who Kansas has this week? I know, but I forgot who. It's a, it's a team that beat them like oh, a coastal. dog yeah, coastal. last year on the road. And now they have to go to Coastal. But you know what? Kansas, what, Tony Peterson? Can't, you know what? Kansas has the advantage. Or no, <laughs> no, sorry. No, oh, no. You're trying no, to go Cy Seymour. No, 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 no. Coastal Carolina has the advantage. Why is that Cy? Because, well, because, Clip, because Kansas is going to come to Myrtle Beach, and it's vacation time for them. Coastal Carolina, that's their home. They're there for business. They're Kansas go, is going on vacation. They're going to go to all the uh, the wings stores and all the, uh, the strip clubs. They're going to Alligator Adventure, Clip. They ain't going to have time for football practice ripley's believe it or not and believe it or not coastal's going to beat them by 50 coastal's a huge favorite in that game as uh, they have they the advantage be. 
they got the clear home beach advantage all right let's take a time out when we return we will dive into week two with wager mcgee he is back and we're talking football when we return on pirate radio live after this Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Towns Insurance Advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Rock. All righty, back with you. Hour two of Pirate Radio Live. And it's great to say once again, it is Wager Wednesday here on the show, the return of Wager McGee. And uh, I don't want to get into where you've been or what you've been doing, Wager, but it is great to see you back in the Pirate Radio studios. It's great to be seen, so I'm uh, I'm excited to be back. Tell you what, that hood, that Unabomber hood looking good on our Pirate Radio cameras, and uh, we're here to talk football, and we're here to get down to business because Wager rambles like no other, so we're going to do our best to get in all the games worth talking about during this hour here on Pirate Radio Live. Do you have a whole hour? Yeah, oh, I've got I've got all the time in the world. You've got nothing but yeah, time. I've got nothing but time. So. I was wondering what your notebook would look like. Is that a new one or do you no, recycle? No, it's it's the same. With the, I recycle. I just redo the. I just do new sheets. So. So do yeah. you have a sheet for every team? I do. Yeah, there's 130 of them, as we know. So I've got a sheet for. There you go. Three year. You want to go through the sheet a little? No, bit? No, we well, no. Three year record. I got returning starters, offense, new cha- changes to the head coaching staff, hmm. uh, offense and def- defense for the last three years. If you ask, you have that for that. every team. Every team, yeah. Wow. How long? And you are it's good a, for radio. You are a married man. I. I think some, you said what your wife was out of town recently, so you did this all day one day. Yeah, that works. Yeah, right. that's how that's how I can do it. Good enough. It's my mistress. Uh, again, right here. Football gambling is your mistress. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's get right to it. Let's start with East Carolina, South Carolina. First of all, were you surprised at the line? Uh, I'm surprised it's flipped to the open up of South Carolina as a favorite and it's flipped to ECU. Well, it's reflipped. Uh, last I saw, it was South Carolina by one and a half. Yeah, I like South Carolina. You like South Carolina? Yeah, I, I mean, fourth best offensive line in the SEC, which again, if you start looking at that, it's Alabama, I can't Georgia, believe that's Texas true. Yeah. Feels the Bible says it, so it has to be true. That is true. Can we pray for it for a little bit? I mean, here's gonna line up. Place your hand on the Phil Steel magazine. Do you swear to be truthful oh. this whole hour? Oh, without doubt. All right. I mean, they're just gonna line up and, and run it down, try to run it down yeah. their throat, just Kevin like Harris. App did. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, I I'm surprised that it was as low as it kind of was, just because of the way they're they're probably gonna play. Um 
I, yeah. But anyway, I, I, you do have, as you know, the first look-ahead mention of the year. South Carolina does play Georgia next week, so mm-hmm. it's a really bad look-ahead for South Carolina. So if there's anything that's going to catch them um, – you know, in a bad spot. It's a bad spot for them. So that's the advantage that you at home with the crowd and them looking ahead to Georgia. But I just think Beamer being so new, coach 2-0 and for South Carolina is going to be huge. And they're just going to line it up. They were really, even though what it was against Eastern Illinois, it was a very efficient game for them offensively. And their, their starting quarterback might be back. Yeah, it looks like Doty is going to be back for them. I, I thought App State would run it all on East Carolina, which they did. Chase Bryce was better than i thought i don't know if ecu made him look better than he actually is but should we worry about the south carolina quarterback at all i mean is it is it just going to be running the football and i think it's going to be run the football yeah. i mean that's they ran it for 258 yards last year so or last week um now they had their opponent was off eastern right? illinois like but i mean barrel or but what and what do you want in week one right you want to see a team that's like going to do what they're supposed to do they also the defense held them to 0 for 9 on third down so it wasn't like they went out there and sloppy they were pretty sharp in a 46 to nothing win the offense offense was efficient got the job done and defense didn't give them anything obviously so you i think they're coming here feeling pretty good about what they did but again they are looking ahead to georgia that's the i think the intangible there that ecu has on their side but i like south carolina all right your two fans chad and redbeard say welcome back yeah thank you uh who's the guy was it like charles in charlotte or somebody <laughs> he didn't to... like me no he <laughs> hates you you're scum of the earth <laughs> all right game of the week the headliner is oregon ohio state do you have anything on this one in columbus oh i that's everything across the board on ohio state hmm i mean Oregon loses the best defensive lineman they have, right? And the defensive line was probably – they were just pedestrian anyway. They were 20th nationally, and they lose the number one draft pick in the NFL potentially. Um, Ohio State played on Thursday, I think. Yep. Oregon played on Saturday. They got travel. It's a noon start. The noon start really but they lost two, out to me. But they've also lost two days to Ohio State on the prep side of things too. Now, it, I'm smart enough to understand – Or – they were working on them all off. Did they too. prep for them instead of Fresno, which is why the game was so close? Yeah, I think it, that could be right. But it's going to be the same thing. I mean, Ohio State's offensive line is nationally, by the Bible, rated number two nationally. Can we just say it so I don't have to say it every time? Every, every time I mention a nationally rated unit, it's coming from It's from, coming yeah, from Phil Steele, friend of the show. Yeah, so I, it's not my ratings. It's it's his, but uh, I'm putting it together. Um against a defensive line now that is in transition right without their main main player there so and they were as efficient as they could plus oregon has a new defensive coordinator for this year so you're losing your one big piece new defense coordinator going on the road for a noon start at 14 seems reasonable first half seven and a half team total just all across the board all across the board it's like bama act like it's bama 20 iowa at iowa state big 10 versus big 12 this is abc for 30 two top 10 teams uh, maybe the pollsters made it that way so it'll look good on the graphic when they show i don't know are these really the two of the top 10 teams in the country uh iowa state didn't look like it last week but iowa definitely did I they, mean, they crushed just, indiana indiana yeah i like iowa i do the, too in the game look at that it feels like a sucker though like yeah it seems pretty I don't know, but they're a dog, right? So you're getting a yep. few points. They've won. They won four straight in that series. The last two were pretty low-scoring games, 13-3, to 18-17. So an under could be something you look at. 
Iowa's got, again, number one special teams. Early on, I kind of look at special teams, returning starters, things like that. Iowa State really struggled last week. But each uh, week one, the last three years, they've struggled all the time. And they've they've come back in week two and have struggled as well. This is Matt Campbell's sixth year as head coach there. Hmm. He's one and four straight up and against the spread in week two. Uh, as the head coach at Iowa State. So, I like Iowa. It's just going to be an ugly kind of grind-out physical game. I think it's – is it four? Uh, yeah, four, four and a half. Yeah. Even. I, I, I even kind of like the – I like them live. I like the main line there. I like the pace we're on here. Let's keep it going. Okay. This is not necessarily a national game, but one I'm going to be interested in when I leave the fifth quarter studios on Saturday. Appalachian State, I think they're now around an eight-point underdog uh, against Miami. Miami has another tough opponent next week, right? Or another name opponent. Is it Michigan State? Yeah, they play Michigan State. So I don't know if you really look ahead to Michigan State, but Appalachian State coming off their win, uh, taking on Miami. Wager, anything on this one? I like App. Um, so I do too, and I feel like that's a sucker. I, I mean, Diaz is same thing. He like he took over his first time as head coach. He's taken over as defensive coordinator call so he's making all the calls on defense and we saw how that went last week even though it is Alabama. i think you can rule oh we, we're just out it's i think so it's one and then the other 129 pretty much yeah i think so um at least my wallet always does so but i mean he diaz now i think he's on the hot seat right he's 14 and 11 straight up 11 and 14 against the spread he said i'm gonna make all the calls and he rolls out and he gives up 44 points to a freshman quarterback. So well, now what he needs to do to get the heat off of him as head coach is fire himself as defensive coordinator. <laughs> and that'll give him a longer life. Step there. down. Yeah. Uh, App is four and one as a road dog. They're not a lot of road dog. Road dog the last three years are four and one. Is that against the spread? Uh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Against the spread. Um, I, I just think they. I might be totally off. I think they have the talent. Like it won't be a surprise or anything. I think they, they have win? the players to match up with Miami. I think they do too. I might be wrong there, but like and I don't, they're the real deal. I think. I'm not. I loved King at some point. I'm just not sure about the new off the injury because he kind of he's still kind of getting used to that a little bit. That's still a really young kind of team that's molding there. Yeah, I, I like at plus the points I, again. If I'm looking at a money line parlay of a couple of dogs maybe throw an app on there with iowa all right um my favorite uh jerseys from week one something about that byu blue really stood Ooh. out to me against arizona um but they didn't cover so they're dead to me uh utah minus seven against byu this one is at lavelle edwards stadium i like this game what's gonna happen in it i like the utes I, I, you know, I was on BYU, so I lost money. So there's a little bit of that. That was a home game for them, as we know. I mean, Mormons settled Las Vegas. So, I mean, there was like 60,000 like Mormons, BYU's fans at that game. Um, what do Mormons do in Las Vegas? I, I guess the same thing they do anywhere else. Depends if Nothing. you're a Mormon or you're Jack Mormon. If you're Jack Mormon, you're still betting and drinking. What's a Jack Mormon? Mormons that... They they worship, but then they drink and they bet on games and they live Vegas and play they play at the tables. I How do Mor- you know all about this stuff? Because like, I live there. We talked about this in, in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. yeah. And most of the people you meet are are LDS, so they're either and you figured out the first time you're like, we're going to eat pancakes or we're going to drink beer. So <laughs> pancake breakfast is a big deal. With that. <laughs> all right, um, whatever. I like. I mean that's a good Weber State team, Weber State, however you say it. They were they're number six nationally, and Utah just rolled them. I'm uh, shocked of all the knowledge you have and all the college football and stuff we've talked that you you don't know it's Weber State. 
I, it depends on what part. It of the does country. not. It's <laughs> Weber State. Harold Harold Deshaux Arsenault beat yeah. North Carolina in the nineties, and then Akeem Richmond had the game winning three in the CIT championship to do beat you, Weber State. Do you cook your state steak on a Weber grill? <laughs> uh, do you not know former power forward Chris Weber that played? In, <laughs> anyway, moving along. Go so ahead. yeah, I mean. Same thing, Utah, they're a seven-point favorite, I think, in that. But Charlie Brewer, their new quarterback, was transferred from Baylor. Um, you know, played 39 games there. It was very efficient. They kind of ran up pretty good there. Utah is 4-0 straight up, 3-1 and against the spread the last four in that. I'm concerned because BYU struggled after Romney got rolled up in that and went out, and he didn't come back at all, their their main their returning wide receiver. Um and I think it was a knee. I don't think he's out, and they were holding a couple other guys out. They're really, they really lack some speed at wide receiver to be able to force anything against them. And that's a really good Utah defense. So that game felt like just like Notre Dame. I had both BYU and Notre Dame, and they both had leads, and it looked like it was going to be over, and they just like took the foot off the gas. Because that's that's not a good Arizona team. No. And they made them hang around. They they kept them in the game in a home game. Yeah and so i i'm off of utah or off byu for a little while and again that's a really good utah defense and brewer is a good fit there so yeah i like utah i'm a giant sucker at louisiana last week um texas now goes on the road to play arkansas that spread is at seven wager any uh interest in that game yeah i like texas um i'm kind of on the sark bandwagon and you know he's seen that he has seen hartman whatever his name is and the head coach there and the defense last two years alabama beat them 52 to 3 and 48 to 7 i mean he's coached against arkansas the last two years i know it's different talent but there's still a lot of talent pittman. in texas pittman there. okay hartman pittman yeah you fill in the blanks here so um yeah i i like him I, that was a arkansas could have lost the rice i mean it was rice 1918 first downs for rice the yardage was only 373 to 318. They only threw the ball for 128 yards against Rice. So, Yikes. and Texas was, that's a good win against Lafayette. That was a really good win, Louisiana, whatever you want to call them. Um, I mean, you know, for a lot of people, they thought that might be an upset. So, a lot of talent there. I like it. I like it. For a lot of people, yeah. not for pros like you. I, you but call it like ULL. People. I mean, Louisiana. Whatever you want to call They're them. called Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I believe that's all the, I don't know, the headline games, if you will. Ranked games. Stanford, USC, I don't care about. UNLV, Arizona State, that's ugly. Like, I don't know uh, what other games I'm into this weekend. Anything that stand out to you? I've got, you know, of course. I well, you've got something on every game. But, I mean. All yeah. right. How about this? Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get your favorite plays. If or are they all are they like your children? They're all like my children. That's what makes this so hard to focus on because you like every freaking game on the board. They they put a line on them for the reason. For a reason. Alright, we're gonna come back, we're gonna spend like seven to ten minutes more on college football, then we're gonna dive into the NFL. Okay. So we'll do a uh, speed round. That was awesome. We did two, four, six games. In like 18 minutes, less than? It's a record. That's a, that is a personal record. All right, more to go. Wager McGee, if you have a game uh, you would like him to break down, I'm sure he has something there on a sheet of paper about it. Uh, you can chime in on Facebook Live, Twitter, or give us a call at 317-1250. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this.
This is assistant football coach Drew Dudzik, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You work hard for your money at Carolina Wealth Management. We believe that your money should work hard for you. Do you know if it is? To learn more about your investment portfolio, go to MyCarolinaWealth.com to schedule a free consultation. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, uh... Wager, once like sports gambling and sports apps become legal in North Carolina, are you going to open up like a brick and mortar place? We've People... talked about this before. I know, so... but I'll run the day-to-day operations. <laughs> well, and if... you just want me to set the lines? Uh, sure, I, but we need. Do we need a? I guess it can all be online. It doesn't have to be a building. No, I mean, yeah, but you could do both, I guess. So to make it more convenient. Yeah, okay, so... well, that's what I need. I need you to handle all of that. Okay, pretty much everything. I'm in on it. You okay. know that. So. I'm just along for the ride. Yep. All right, uh, that's coming soon. Uh, <laughs> I did not do this on purpose uh, when I said that. That's all the like games of importance that like NC State Mississippi State's a pretty good game. I'll give the Wolfpack credit for what they did week one against South Florida. Mississippi State came back to beat Skip Holtz uh, in their opener. Uh, boy, the, I saw it at a pick, and now State's a three-point favorite, so everybody's on the Wolfpack. Hey, yeah, I mean, I, I lean that way, too. It scares me a little bit on that. The, the early money, though, should you, you assume usually it's sharp money. So, But, yeah, I, I, NC State, I, I looked at their 9-4 and four straight up and against the spread the last 13 versus non-conference. Mississippi State defense really struggled against La Tech. I think State's got NC State. I guess say NC State has the better defense here in this. I don't think Mississippi State is looking ahead, but man, they've got they got Memphis, LSU, and Texas A&M on the back end of it. So I like NC State to win. I think they can. I think they can grind out a win there. It's still really new for. I mean, you know, with Leach and the year that they had last year and the changes to that system, they're still really young in that system where NC State's really set in that system with a with a solid staff. All right, NC State. Well, Redbeard says if Wager opens up a gambling building, he'll run security. Yeah, he's our NASCAR odds guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna need him for or open uh, wheel. He can be our open wheel. <laughs> open wheel odds guy well, all right fair enough but there's only one guy can win in that it's lewis hamilton right uh one of the teams you claim how many teams do you claim you got unlv you got alabama and is georgia state the only other one yeah i graduated from georgia state no tulane so i worked at alabama tulane boston college unlv bc huh pc yeah it's okay. a good offense this year all right. that's a lot of points against umass but they they it's good it'll be like that colgate game i'll tell you had a good year. offense one week in 2020 that was georgia state against east carolina <laughs> they had a really good offense not a good defense last week against your uh your military uh not at all they in fact i wanted to take georgia state in that game and they got crushed uh this week they take on the north carolina tar heels you think the tar heels bounce back in a big way I do, yeah. I would I get on a uh, team total, I think, there. But, yeah, last year, UNC lost three games. 
the week after that they bounced back going three and oh straight up and against the spread with wins 48 21 56 24 and 49 to 9 two of those being acc opponents so the average of probably 52 in those games coming off that and they've got a little something in the something to approve here all right i, I forgot about this did, did you come hang out last year or was it 2019 we didn't see you a lot last year do we no we i came in here last year you were here last year okay yeah. I, I can't remember the years run together the weeks the days the, <laughs> the hours um last year we were doing a thing where you picked your 100 point game and the first one you said is uh, a game that's taking place this week, right? Yeah, yeah. that's why I remember that, the SMU and uh, North Texas game. So we're bringing it back. Are we going over? I think you have to. What's and, uh, the so number? I did not. You, oh, I got it. Sorry. I didn't uh, check the – but that game last year, remember, we were so like – So you're just blindly taking the over. In yeah. That. Well, I mean, it hasn't changed that much between these two. And that was the game where it's like, yeah, that, that's your overlock of the week, and, and it could get to 100. It ended up being 66-35 with a little bit of help there late, but – Yo, SMU's got a new quarterback, transfer from Oklahoma, Mordecai, and he just jumped right in there last week. He was 24 of 30 for 317 yards and seven touchdowns. 73. What's that? It's 73. Oh, that's not enough. That is I think like... it was 74 or 75 last year. All right, so we're jumping all over this. I one. think our only problem last year was that North Texas, remember, they kept trying to run the ball. We were like, throw it. I think we were Texas. Like, why do you keep running the ball? You're down like 28. Throw it. Um and that concerns me a little bit that they they gained 418 yards last week against Northwestern State, but ran for 345 of that. Um, they're not going to be able to run for 345 on SMU this week, so they're going to have to throw it. And I know they want to run it and establish that little fullback dive thing. So I really kind of like SMU on that side. I think they can get out and and uh, they could probably get to 50 plus. We're going to need them to score a lot to get to that 73. But all right, Rutgers hammered Temple last week. What do they do for an encore this week? I like them. I, I think that was one of the things last year that went under the radar was what Shiano did at Rutgers because that offense was a whole lot better last year. I mean, they went from in, in from 19 to 20. They went, went from 13 points a game to 27 points a game and from 273 yards to 339 yards a game. Sean Gleason, who was at Okie State. Did they only play conference games, too? They like did. They played probably a and Remember, they played game. Ohio State really, really tough, and they beat they beat two teams they were huge dogs Maybe Penn too. State. Maybe. It they was like a couple everybody. big upsets there. So, they yeah, they won 61-14 last week. We talked about that. I had them as a 15-point dog or 15-point favorite. They, it wasn't that impressive. Temple turned it over five times, and they only gained 365 yards. But they did just get physical and just ran it for 220 yards against them. Was that the one that started like 2 nothing and stayed there for a while, or am I thinking of a different No, way? that was Utah State. It was like 5-3 at one time or 8-6 okay. right. or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like – I mean, it's Syracuse, which is going through a little bit of a change in, in the staff. But Rutgers is 4-2 and two run now against the spread. Really good uh spring uh special teams rating uh, rated like in the top five in the country so i i kind of like them with the uh, with syracuse still having a little bit of a staff they caught ohio in a really bad spot because solich resigned what a couple months ago mm-hmm. so that was a they just caught a really good opponent in week one their their numbers weren't that impressive either i like the Rutgers offense and what they're doing turn around a little really good story with shiano in the second year there so all right, and uh, one more. You like the Horned Frogs of Texas Christian this year. Love it. I, I love it in this one. So it's like, I mean, it's the best team that Patterson's had in a long time. Um, 
got 18 starters back 10 feel on like offense. they kind of peaked over the last few years like they got to a point and they have come back to earth some. they did i think also though it's like i mean you're competing for all that talent in texas right and all of a sudden like an smu steps up and for a year or two texas Hogerson, yeah houston and okay so i like it i mean it's all of their eight units that are ranked are in the top 18 nationally so it's cal's offense as we said are really kind of i mean they, they struggled they couldn't they couldn't do much against reno last week which was good for us and reno tcu now seven and two against the spread the last nine versus non-conference they were dominant last week against duquesne who's top 25 fcs they rolled up 431 yards were up 35 nothing at halftime um you know and 26 to 6 first down good team in the heat in fort worth i just can't see cal getting anything going offensively when they couldn't at home against uh, reno last week you had uh georgia reno and who'd you have ucla or lsu that one i thought i had lsu i did okay. not because you, you had the parlay i didn't I, remember if you won or not i learned sissy blue is uh pretty good there sissy blue. <laughs> you're that sissy blue shirt. I, i'm not fading them again so it's a good team i had a sissy blue parlay this weekend with ucla north carolina byu ole miss just get all the this blues. upcoming weekend yeah i know you don't like byu so we can't do that yeah time. i like utah in that spot all right uh tell you what we take a break now we can go like 20 hard minutes on nfl so let's do that we'll come back we'll talk cowboys bucks panthers jets everybody's looking forward to that one (laughs) washington football team should they be a dog at home to a team that hasn't done anything since ladanian tomlinson was there And uh, I love the matchups, by the way. There's so many good uh, AFC versus NFC matchups this week. Not a lot of division games. So it makes for great matchups. Maybe it makes it tough for gambling. We'll see uh, when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. I intend to see to it that any man who sails under a pirate flag or wears a pirate brand gets what he deserves. Pirate Radio. I think it'd be rather exciting to meet a pirate. The voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde Dose by the hospital are open for you, serving unique and healthy dishes from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. Order a family meal that feeds six to seven people and they'll have it ready for curbside pickup today. Whether it's dine-in or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. You can chime in uh, on Facebook Live. Give us a call, 317-1250. Bryce Williams coming up at 5 o'clock. Also, uh, more Mike Houston audio and uh, more player audio as well. Eric asking about uh, any word on attendance for Saturday. I've seen from a couple of different places now the expectation is – 
north of 40 somewhere uh in the in the 40s number in attendance so we uh we plan to hook up or hope to hook up with ryan robinson uh either uh thursday or friday on pirate radio live talk about that parking all that good stuff leading up to the home opener for the pirates it'll be saturday at noon we'll be with you 8 a.m on the bud light pregame tailgate coming up saturday morn all right wager mcgee is here we have talked college football let's talk nfl and wager likes the bucks on thursday night when he told me that i i said it feels like these opener games are always kind of wacky and the underdog wins well the numbers do not say that i think i i guess i think that wager because i've been on every loser that's happened over the last years but what is the trend on that side the trend is the the super bowl winner uh in week one of the following year is 18 and three straight up 14 five and two against the spread remember wow. last year the i've had all five of yeah. those losers the chiefs you probably were on houston last week last year then because houston was or kc was nine and a half point favorite and they won 34 to 20 last year that was the opener there the chiefs winning and covering there uh with that one when a because everybody's like well yeah but it's more than a touchdown so when the defending super bowl champs are laying a touchdown plus in week one after last year now they're nine they're six and one straight up and four two and one against the spread so the numbers say go with the bucks yeah i mean it's obviously not i mean four two and one there six and one straight up is, is a much better number but what is there are we seven or eight i mean just tease it down six six and a half points if you want to and it's almost just a you know they've got to win so traditionally that is uh that's the way to go i it's zach martin being out you know with the offensive line the other tackle i saw collins was questionable obviously Dak hasn't Dak hasn't played right so there's a lot of issues there with dallas i think it seems like being rusty they're two and nine straight up on the road and they're five and eleven against the spread their last 16 games well it's been a, a lot horrible. of that is without Dak. Yeah, but I mean, he's how good is he going to be there? So, in the last eight games of the year, when it was Tampa became Tampa, they were eight and zero straight up, seven and one against the spread. A- after that off week, an average score of thirty four to nineteen. They didn't score in thirty points, uh, and they kept everybody. Right? I hear you on the Tampa side, but yep. on the Dallas side, I mean, we're I'm not going to go through games where they had Danucci and Dalton starting. I just don't think that's. Oh, those were wonderful games. Hey, they for, were. For people that don't like Dallas. And for Washington fans <laughs> yeah. last year. Uh, all right. You don't have a strong opinion on Panthers-Jets. Panthers are up to a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That is, seems like a lot. I don't. I, I would say that. Week one, a lot of times you can just go blind dogs, right? Even though I just talked about taking a, a favorite there of, of more than a touchdown. I, I think that's going to be – I like the head coaching hire of the Jets. I, I, I'm not sure about Wilson. I think they're going to be better – but you would, if it's closer to three, yes, but five and a half seems a little bit too much. I would probably lean Jess, but I don't like it one way or the other. All right. I was going to say the Chargers football team line has been Chargers minus one all summer long. Now I'm seeing it at a pick so maybe some money coming in on Washington. I, team going from west to east, I know Washington, you know, if it's magic, whatever, if it's tragic, but like, I don't know why they are underdogs in this game, why it's only a pick I don't understand. No, I I mean, I would lean to the home team in this one, too. So, we, as we talked about, it teams that get way too much hype, it seems like. And every year, the Chargers are there of, like, the team. And I get it, what they did last year. They got to wait and see a little bit because, I mean, this is – again, I don't love it. Probably he's one of my top five. But, I mean, it's going to be the best defense that he's probably – did he face a better defense than that last year? I'm trying to remember his Chargers schedule. Really, his entire head. football play in life. 
He yeah, has not seen a defense yeah. like this. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> High school, middle school. <laughs> no, and, and look, FedEx Field sucks. Washington does not have a great home field advantage. But first time back in a long time, there's not going to be any Chargers fans there, really. No. So, like, I, 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 everything's pointing to Washington to me in this one. I'm kind of nervous saying that, but that's how I feel. I, I, I would play it that way. If I'm going to do anything, I, I'd do Washington, maybe, te- again, on that six-point tease, maybe take some more points there. Um Again, we don't have it's a new coaching staff with LA, so you can't necessarily, uh, you know, expect them to blow the games late this year. All right. If my team was not playing at one, if I was like a Cowboys, Bucks, Raiders, Ravens fan, whatever, and I only had one game I could watch on Sunday at one o'clock, it would be Cardinals Titans because it should be a lot of points. You got a ton of star power on both of those sides offensively. Titans are a three point favorite at home. That line seems kind of light to me, but I guess they're saying that uh, I don't know. They don't trust the Titans' defense. Maybe. Hey, maybe. I mean, that you know, last time we saw them, they lost. Obviously, we saw them against a pretty high-powered uh, you know offenses against the Browns. You know, late in the season last year, and they really got picked apart there. I, I just I don't trust the Cardinals going east in this spot. I do like this. They were two and two against the spread straight up last year, but the wins were at a Jets team. And then I can't remember the other one was uh, they couldn't they, they what was the other one here? This should be in my notes here. Giants. The Cardinals fading at the end of the year. Yeah, the yeah. Cardinals fading, but they they went east four times oh, last oh, year, yeah. and the only two wins they had were against the Jets, who were really bad at that point in time, and it was the Giants when they had Colt McCoy playing quarterback. So and they lost. Yeah, to Daniel a, Jones would have made a lot of difference. <laughs> at least year. I mean, they lost to an average Patriots team with Cam Newton, and then they lost to. Uh, Carolina in week four in an upset. So they didn't play well going east last year. Um, it, it finished the year two and seven against the spread. I, I don't I don't like them. I know that it's again, Tennessee seems trendy that we talked about and they ended the, the end of the season really really poorly as well. One and two straight up, no and three against the spread. But I still think I, I with Julio, Tannehill's cleared the play. I, I I like Tennessee in this game at home as a, as a three. It should be a shootout, like you said. It will be maybe the Browns and Chiefs could be as entertaining or more entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's in the four o'clock window. Yeah, I, I would take that one if I had to pick one in that window. Um, real quick, who do you like in that one? Chiefs six point favorites, total fifty four and a half. On the flip side of the Super Bowl winners, the Super Bowl loser, Super Bowl loser, first week of the following year is eight and fourteen straight up, six and sixteen against the spread. I like Cleveland in it anyway. Kansas City last year lost way too much money on Kansas City as they ended the year one nine and one against the spread. I think that they're gone. That that is way out the window when people talk about Kansas City covering all the time. They couldn't cover spread last year at all in that thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm I Kansas that. City. I'm now if you want to just they've won eighteen out of the last twenty straight up. So again, if you're looking at, at numbers, because that's at six, right? So mm-hmm. you could you could tease that down as a pick and just I think they win. Um, Although I, I, the Super Bowl loser trend and just getting that many points, I like Cleveland to get up under that with a really as good of an offense, if not as better offense, in Kansas City right now. I like that we live in a world where we can say we like Cleveland and nobody like scoffs at it. That's I mean, right. That's where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, back to the AFC NFC matchup: uh, Seahawks Colts. Any opinion on this one in Indy? Carson Wentz playing. It's a fade Wentz for me. So I same thing. If it was anybody except Wentz, I'd probably be off of it. But and unlike the Cardinals, 
is Russell Wilson going east is a machine, as we know. So last year he went five times. They won at Atlanta, one at Miami, and covered one at Washington. They snuck one out against Washington. Uh, you remember that? And they won and snuck one out against Philly. The only one they lost was that great game at Buffalo. So they were four and one straight up and against the spread. No T.Y. Hilton. I know Kelly's back because the best center in the league, but I think he and Wentz haven't worked together that much. Plus the Colts at home have become pretty bad. They were 1-5 against the spread the last six, and they are 0-7 straight up in week one the last seven years, including last year when they lost to the Jags in that game, and Phillip Rivers had a great game. He threw for 363 yards, and they still couldn't win against the Jags, which I think that was the only Jags win of the year, right? So, what was that, week one? Week one. And they, yeah, yeah 0-7 straight up the last seven years for the Colts, and I just win sitting in an issue isn't an answer anywhere for uh, – for a quarterback there all right continuing the afc nfc should uh i know you don't want to make the giants favorites in any game but should the broncos be favored at new york no i don't think so although that's i mean I'm, I'm not i'm not betting against bridgewater because all he does is cover games so and he's your starting quarterback right i would lean that side but man that's an ugly looking like an ugly low scoring right. game no 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 thought on that one under there. uh bill steelers uh i i it's a pretty big number, I know. six and a half. It seems too big on that. Um, I haven't looked at it, but I know they played last year, and the Bills pretty much dominated that game. But I have uh, not a strong opinion one way or the other on that. All right, you claim the Falcons, right? Yes. To a degree. They're week one favorites against Philadelphia. The Falcons might be the least talked about team in the NFL. Maybe for good for reason. For a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you as a Falcons fan, I know you don't bet them as a, as a favorite. So, I mean... So they're they're zero and five against the spread the last five years in week one. So they're not good. They're two and ten straight up the last twelve against the NFC and two and six the last eight at home. I, I, Philly's not much better. They were one and nine against the spread the last ten. But I'm trusting in the Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, uh, the complete switch. I guess or commitment to him. I just I don't know why it's three and a half. Well, how the Falcons? Why do they deserve to be a three and a half point favorite against anybody? I love the Eagles in that spot. That is tra- uh, strange. Okay, uh, you like a trend fading the Saints week one, right? I do very much so. The uh, the over the last nine years, the Saints in week one and two are three and sixteen against the spread. So start a little bit slow. And they're one and six against the spread the last seven years in week one. Obviously, the one win and cover was last year against uh, New Orleans, but getting moved to Jacksonville, so it's going to be a it's going to be a Green Bay home game, right? There's going to be fifty thousand, sixty thousand Packers fans there because they all live in Florida, and they'll be able to come down there. Jameis, no Michael Thomas, no Sanders. I I don't know. Again, is it a Aaron Rodgers revenge last tour? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers angry about something. Angry about something. Tour. But I mean, he's it's gonna be the hell. We know that because after this, there'll be twenty Packers on the injured reserve or injured list every single week. This is the healthiest Packers team you're gonna get. They're gonna be able to just line up. I think run it some. But he's gonna throw. He's, he's gonna have his full compliments of of. Uh, and they played last year. Green Bay beat them 37-30 in New Orleans, and that was with Drew Brees and a healthy Saints team. Um, and the main offensive weapon that Aaron had that day, Rodgers had that day, was Lazard. Um, all of his other receivers were out. so And he picked them apart with, like, Alan Lazard as his main guy. So. I'm not the uh, clean bill of health, most handsome man in the world. I shouldn't be talking about other <laughs> men's appearances. But Aaron Rodgers yesterday with Pat McAfee, he looked like Dave Grohl had just wrapped up a 
four leg concert and he looks he just looks old i guess he is old kind of crept up on me that aaron Rodgers is old yeah it's been a long time since he was sitting in that green room all by himself i don't know how many years this is for him so i think he's he's a natural guy he just goes hiking well they won the super bowl in the what oh eight season oh maybe nine yeah something around i mean you i you can't blame he's at the end of even though he's as good as you can be but you can't necessarily blame the Packers for trying to draft a quarterback. I question Jordan Love as being the one in last year being the time to do it. But you got to start preparing for the future, right? I mean, they did it. I know as everybody will say it's not the same situation, but Rodgers benefited from that when they moved on from Brett Favre. So that uh, happens. But he's going to pick the Saints apart here, and I, I like that game. NFL gave us some crappy primetime games, in my opinion. Rams are seven-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Bears Sunday night. And the Ravens are four and a half point road favorites against the Raiders Monday night. Any interest in those primetime games? I like Vegas. I don't like, I, I haven't really looked at the other one that much. And mainly because it is, this will be what kind of truly amounts to the first home game for Vegas, right? Last yep. year, the first one without fans was Monday night uh, as a dog against the Saints, and they won straight up. So oh, yeah. they're a great Monday night team. They're six and one against the spread the last seven on Monday night. Uh, and they're four and one against the spread the last five on week one. I don't the running back situation for Baltimore concerns me. I guess they just signed yeah, Le'Veon. They got so, Gus. so they got yeah. The Gus bus. Yeah, but they've lost two of their top three and they're signing Le'Veon plus don't they have receiver issues too with uh, injuries. Yep. I got I it's all I can't remember who it was. It's questionable. But I think it was Brown, right? He's questionable Hollywood. most weeks. Yeah. In the contest I'm in this year they've changed it with Vegas that you get a you get a point to win if if a team forfeits or can't play because of covid and so i'm i may be fading baltimore a whole lot because there may be weeks where lamar is just gonna like because he's ref- again i don't want to get into that the co- he's whatever he's gonna do but i could just lose lamar on baltimore I'm, it's gonna be tough to back baltimore this year where lamar could be a game time like decision and be out every single right. game whatever so, edge you can get take it. I, I, I like the raiders in that spot so all right there's a few we haven't gone over uh real quick uh, anything on the worst game of the weekend jacksonville houston let's see i'm just gonna rattle off some uh vikings Bengals. not a great game niners lions and dolphins patriots those are the ones we didn't hit uh anything in those I, I would probably Dolphins maybe the one that I would lean the most on just Mac Jones first start there uh, against the former you know New England defensive coordinator so he knows that uh, that system pretty well and they they played him well so and and two in the second year with a little bit more weapons so I would lean that side on that one the other ones just seem a little bit ugly some of those numbers seem a little bit too high um, the last quarterback drafted first overall to win a game like playing in his first game in his first season was david carr wow on that sunday night football 2002 and i'm not gonna tell you who they beat because that's the trivia question tonight for people listening burrow got robbed last year though because i had burrow plus the three at home was that against i can't remember who that was playing they threw and they called a push off on aj green in the end zone oh yeah and yeah. then they the last play of the game which the chargers games that oh chargers uh, Bengals was it chargers they were playing maybe so yeah cam yeah. had a strong uh debut against the cardinals but they lost i remember that one in 11 but uh yeah you got to go all the way back so what is that i don't know if that means anything for trevor lawrence but maybe i take the uh the texans there 
I don't. I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in seeing that one. I would lean of all the. God, you're sick. <laughs> you know that like meme this? that's like uh, something about sickos, and he's in the window. He's like, yeah, yeah. You're a sicko. People go to demolition derbies for a reason. So I mean, people get in bumper right. cars for a reason. Right. I just I, that one. I, I'm. Aren't you curious about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, he's like the greatest prospect since Peyton Manning, right? Andrew Luck, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I miss some Andrew Luck. I love some Andrew Luck. Really? Yeah. All right. Wagers, big recap for college. South Carolina, Ohio State, Iowa, App State, Utah, Texas, TCU, NC State, Rutgers, UNC, and the SMU North Texas over, and some on SMU as well. Uh, NFL. Now, you can tell me your strongest plays, but you like the football team, Titans, Browns, Seahawks, Eagles, Packers, Raiders, Dolphins, and um, which ones are you playing in the contest? Do you know yet? Right now, I was kind of down to again. It could some could come in out of there, but maybe Vegas, uh, Green Bay, uh, Eagles, Tampa. Oh yeah, I left out Tampa. Between and maybe between Cleveland and uh, playing that that Super Bowl loser thing, Cleveland and Seattle. Russell Wilson so. gets Carson Wentz. So all right, man, we did it. Uh, we probably left some food, some crumbs on the table, but I'm gonna do a better job of keeping up with your picks. I got the ones we talked about written like down. It. Are we gonna we're we gonna total them up this year? I should, you know, I should I should do a better job on Twitter, but you know how that's gonna go. So yeah. I lose interest after one one week. I'll try to do a, a better job of keeping up with it, but I I, I at the very least I want to know what you have going into the week. Well, I mean, we talked about I'm in three Vegas contests this year, so the numbers are out there for a record anyway. So it's not like I'm trying to hide them if I do bad in them. So I'm in the the Westgate NFL, uh, the Circa NFL, and the Golden Nugget super one which is seven picks a week which can be any college or nfl which is that's the one that's going to have me in the corner crying on saturday friday nights trying to pick games do you uh <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you narrow down from 200 lines to seven your yeah, best seven that's that's, that's gonna be my problem i should i'm just handing my money in like you know we're talking about arizona I, I i guess they're on board with what kingsbury's doing there in arizona they're gonna give him a shot but like have you looked at coach to be fired odds? Do you have a, NFL? Uh, a front runner there? Um, I haven't looked at it, but I would think he's with the way they ended the season against. Remember, they lost to like some four string quarterback or something like that, right? As a chance to get in the playoffs. So he's got to be on the hot seat a little bit, especially with that that division the way it is. This article is from June. It's got McCarthy and Fangio as the favorites. Uh, Matt Nagy. John Gruden, Mike Zimmer, Kingsbury, and Zach Taylor. Those are the uh, the favorites there. I think McCarthy's too too early in that. He'll get credit because Dak got hurt last year, right? So I mean, I don't think you can you can cut him this year. They got too. I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks, you realize how big of a goofball. The guy oh, he's is. yeah. I mean, I I don't know if that was ever going to be a. It didn't seem like a good spot, but I don't it, Gruden. But isn't there way too much money in Gruden? Yeah. So Although, you can't I get guess, rid of him. Yeah. I, I said last year after the Super Bowl loss and then the thing with the son that I was rolling the dice Andy that Reed. if I could grab an Andy Reid prop of like it, that he would like retire right or whatever. not but a fired prop but a it's just his, maybe his heart's not in it if they they start out a little bit slow and plus then that could set up the enemy right so he could just say oh my coach I'm waiting here and finally gets a head coaching job so True. I think there's a lot of things there where but not fired so it has to be first coach uh, to leave their post yeah to leave their position. 
I don't know, the Giants guy, maybe? Uh, yeah. He's kind of an idiot, isn't he? Who's that? Um, I know. Oh, Joe Judge. <laughs> right. Joe Judge. Didn't he write uh, Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> Mike Judge. Oh, that was Mike Judge. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I thought yeah. Joe Judge did that. Uh, Wager, are you going to be a Wednesday regular, or is it week to week? I, I mean, I've got to do this on a regular basis because I've got money. I'm in. I'm. I'm invested in this. So, All right. if you, will, I'm invested in you. If you will have me yeah. for these rambling hour long sessions, I do have two Kyle Larson tickets. I can't believe we're going to go off and not take for before the. I got them late. To win I, it all. Yeah, I got one early in the year because I figured out and was told he was kind of driving what basically amounts to the 48, and I got one a little bit later. And I've got an 18. That didn't start out very well, but at least a nine went into the wall, so we're all happy about that. Wait, no, we're not happy about that, are we? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you like him. Why can't you believe I like uh, Chase Elliott? I don't know. You're wearing his hat there, I guess, right? Yeah. He's... I don't know. What's wrong with him? They're all just white, plain white men. What's? They don't separate themselves at all from each other. <laughs> Like, what's the difference? He, it feels like he's being pushed on us, though, a little bit. So, it's an, he's an agenda. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, uh, Richmond. Yeah. Saturday night. Who you got? I don't... Well, Larson didn't win last week, so I'm going to go with Larson this week. But I don't really This would have been a good spot for Denny to win his first if he didn't just win, right? I don't know the Richmond track that well, I guess. What is it? Mile and a half oval? Eh, don't ask me. Paperclip? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's like a... I uh, tested you. It is a, um, it's not a short track, but it is a, it's not a big track. It's a medium it's track. It's a medium track. <laughs> medium track. Who is best on medium tracks? Um, Denny Hamlin's from Virginia, right? So I just always say him and Rich. Yeah, but I don't, uh, you were thinking he's got nothing to lose now. So Kyle's going to be an interesting one because he's, I think he's out of the race right now. And I know there's three races for it. So, but I'd have to look at the 18 odds. So uh, uh, he's going to push it this week a little bit. The nine's got to do a little bit as well. So um kyle bush every week i follow these guys who are listening to the scanners and he's just like dog cussing his uh his guys because their car sucks yeah every single week and somehow does okay yeah it finishes like top five or whatever all right we're out of time wager enjoyed it and and me too let's do it again next week next week all right uh let's take a time out we'll come back bryce williams is in the house we'll recap ecu app state talk east carolina south carolina We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors with Chandler Honeycutt and Bryce Williams. And uh, we'll hear some Mike Houston, Shane Beamer comments as well. When we return, Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live is on the way. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tint. Be sure to stop by their office at 801. 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsandtent.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We'll make you a winner. Open up the Pirate Radio booty bag coming up during this hour. And Bryce Williams, former East Carolina tight end, is along for the ride. Bryce, good to see you, man. Y'all as well. 
Wish we were coming in here hooting and hollering about a pirate victory last week, but unfortunately we're talking about the first loss of the season. East Carolina goes down to Appalachian State 33-19. to And uh, Bryce, first time we've had a chance to talk to you since the game. So let's get your take on what happened between the Pirates and the Mountaineers. I guess the first thing is, uh, I guess just the bummer, letdown, frustrating, wasn't expecting it. You know, so, I mean, hopefully... I'm optimistic each week, so I'm not going to say it's the end of the season by any means, but definitely would have been awesome to, you know, start the season out with a win. Um, and especially with the, the big run, was it 65 yards? Keaton Mitchell had a 63-yard catch and run. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I saw that. I was all fired up thinking, okay, we're about to get on it. And then it just seems like it went to conservative mode or whatever it was, and Seems like Holt Allen's didn't have any time. I saw hesitancy in that, I felt like. Um, No big plays being made. Pretty much a recipe for to not win. So that's just, you know, just picking through there. So I watched the entire game, and it was strange when somebody on the fifth quarter brought up to me that Raji Harris had eight carries, Keaton Mitchell had four carries. And I had to look it up in the box score. That's just 12 carries. For your Jeez. running backs, holding uh, accounted for twelve. I think some of those are sacks and things Sack, like that, pressures and, and scrambles. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it was pressures. Also. But man, that, that's a, a low number, and uh, I mean, I guess that tells you that the game kind of got away from them and they had to throw. But Mike Houston teams want to run the football a lot more times than just uh, twelve mm-hmm. carries from the running backs. Uh, yeah, for sure. What was our passing? Because I tell you, twenty-two out of forty, two ninety-five for Holton. Mm-hmm. Now the interception came on that hail mary. What do you think about that play? I thought that that one. I don't, you know, I don't think you know one play you can say really just deflated it. You know, deflated the game. But I think ending the half um, with the hail mary touchdown, I think would have you know possibly changed some things and made things look a lot better. Cuts it to seven at the time. Yeah. And then ECU's defense comes out of the locker room, gets a stop. Yeah. Uh, the first drive of the the second half. So it would have been, which I think it was bullcrap how they call a touchdown then there was no you know um official evidence that you could see any it's like you saw like i saw the app guy get it but then you see cj johnson grabbing it and then there's a pile you know pile you can't see anything else and he comes out of the the ball they call a touchdown and then so i'd love to know where they you know saw that it was overturned to interception i I honestly thought live, I was saying it, watching it, that it was an interception. I thought it was as well. But the fact they called it a touchdown, right? you can't, you know, I thought they wouldn't be able to overturn it, but they did. Yeah, so that was a big bummer to uh, have that taken away from me because maybe that would have gave just a slight little boost. I don't know. I feel like we had the um, defense came out and got a three and out. Yeah, three and out. um, Just mentioned that. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, you know? yes, I did. 100%. You tried to get me there. Well, I tried to get you because you just repeated what I said. Yeah. Right, yeah. but what I'm saying is it would have been big. You're just reiterating the great point that I made. Right, but what I'm saying is with that touchdown and that three and out, that would have been huge. Exactly. Yeah, I just, that would have yeah, been I good. Um, I mean, I just said I forgot. It. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about I was gonna say something else? I forgot. Chandler interrupts me. Way to go, Chandler! Jeez, it's what I do. <laughs> hey, job well done. Yes. Uh, how about defensively, Bryce? Uh, East Carolina gives up 226 rushing yards. I honestly think you can say, well, 
the Hail Mary, the whole Naylor's run that got called yeah, back. ECU could have had more points. App State could have had more points if they wanted to if, in yeah. that game, too. I think they yeah. they kind of took the uh, the foot off the gas. But Yeah, after a while. Uh, uh, defensively, to give up, you know, 259 through the air, 226 uh, on the ground. So I was expecting more yeah, yeah. from the defense. Um, well, I guess it's not as bad as we have had it before. <laughs> there you go. Um, Class half full. So, yeah, so – that part's good, but yeah, I feel like they were definitely running on us quite a bit. Um, so that was, yet again, frustrating, especially when the team's doing that. And then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, that was frustrating as well. I feel like Holton didn't have any time. But then, I feel like when he did have time, maybe I missed something. I don't know. But I feel like when he did have time, he was getting uh, – he couldn't throw the ball because nobody was possibly open. So I don't know if we weren't getting separation. I couldn't see it from the angle. Um, of the TV of like how his receivers or what was going on, but I don't know. It just was a bummer, and I didn't I didn't feel like things were clicking uh, uh, at all. Uninspiring effort to start the season. Uh, Shirley, let's hear Mike Houston ten. He was asked how the tight ends looked. Bryce just one catch from a tight end in the game on uh, Thursday night, and it came late on a Ryan Jones thirty eight yard touchdown when the game was pretty much decided at right. that point. Uh, here's what Mike Houston said. Um, I think some good and some bad. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Ryan had the touchdown catch there late in the game. Um, Shane was battling a minor injury uh, from the preseason camp, and so, you know, probably did not play as much as he will moving forward. Uh, you know, but those two guys, along with, you know, Zach Bird and Aaron Jarman, they all played. Uh, I thought that uh, we did some really good things in the run game. I thought Zach Bird did a good job at the point of attack. Uh, you know, they're all different. And so, uh, you know, they're going to be a big part of our offense. Uh, you know, they were last week. They will be moving forward. And he says big part of the offense. That doesn't mean catching balls necessarily because, again, just one catch. Did have a touchdown. Ryan Jones did. But blocking and things like that. So, honestly, Bryce, I, I didn't notice it much during the game. I don't know how much you were watching the tight ends. On um, Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to watch them. I, maybe I was missing them or something, but I didn't feel like I saw them out there too much as I saw – and Shane in the backfield, but yeah. like I said, I didn't notice too much. I guess, you know, of anything exciting that was happening, maybe they're just doing their simple blocking and things like that. But Chandler, didn't you uh, notice a play where he came out of the backfield and sprung a, a pretty good run? Was it Calhoun in the backfield? I, I, yeah. I think you were talking about that game night, right? Right. I wonder what, because like I said, it was like 10 30 at night, and with 10 minutes to go, when it became 33 to nine or something what i was just like all right well i'm gonna hit that price you can't do that so i just <laughs> what you can't were you talking about the calhoun block yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, there was a key block that he had i can't mm-hmm. remember who ran the ball though and who, who how much yardage they got but yeah i I did see some great blocking uh, the tight end blocking from shane calhoun mm-hmm. so bryce you uh i bailed i bailed it was you like bailed. 30 i said man i got work out in the morning uh i'm gonna i'm just gonna See what happens in the morning. <laughs> and guess what? So, and unfortunately, I, what I thought unfortunately happened. So yeah, there you go. And it came to almost twenty. Was it twenty-seven points? Well, you'll be uh, able to hopefully stay up for the whole game Saturday because it's a noon kickoff. So unless <laughs> yeah. you take an afternoon nap, yes, you should be all right. Um, that's not during my nap time, so I think we'll be good. Uh, so what? And now it's all about for these guys improving upon what went wrong week one. So what? improvements do you expect to see made bryce from game one to game two um i would feel just you know decisiveness i feel like um you know it would be a huge thing um 
maybe communication up up front. I feel like you know when obviously the quarterback's getting pressured, it's either miscommunication or you're getting outbeat. You know, um, talent wise or however you want to call it. Um, if they're a better player through that, um, you know, continue to have the tight tight ends. I think we're blocking well, but step third game up. I guess the receivers. You know, with because <laughs> I guess the, most of those yards were. Keaton Mitchell out of probably like little dump passes out of the backfield. So hopefully we can, we can get um, you know some bigger plays. Oh yeah, they gotta get Snead Johnson. Yeah, that's how, and then I was that's what was weird. Like I was watching it, um, and I was like, well, I saw CJ make a great catch. He got he got popped good oh, over yeah, the middle, which yeah. I was very impressive that he made that catch. Um, so that was a big time play. But yeah, I mean throughout the game, I kept thinking, well, where's Snead? Where's you know CJ Johnson and um, as we saw, they only had a handful of catches, which I'm definitely not used to seeing. Um, I told Rajay, Rajay and Sneed were in here together the other day. I said, Rajay, you might want to frame this box score because I don't know when you're going to have the same amount of catches and more yards than Tyler Sneed in a football game. Yeah. But that's exactly what happened. Harris yeah. had four for 56. Sneed just four for, for 27. 27. Yeah. Um, so if they can get it together and maybe open some things up. Um, you know, here we're, uh, we're at the – favorite correct is that uh it has flipped or? south carolina's a point and a half point favorite is basically a pick yeah so em. i mean i hate i'm gonna miss it per, you know in person i mean it's great that you know we're i guess equal i mean regardless of how good south carolina is this year who cares you can get, get beat by anybody and but to beat you know finally an sec team um you know after how my goodness how many years has it been you know we were close but um that'll be awesome 1999 i believe yeah so that's crazy um so hopefully that'd be awesome to do in daddy ficklin uh or in regardless wherever but uh hopefully they can fire all cylinders and just come out and um forget last week and you know come out and do what we know what we've seen they do do what we know they can there you go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well said, Bryce. That's why you're on the radio. Yes. Uh, one receiver that did uh, play his part was uh, was Josiah Hatfield. Three catches, 51 yards uh, mm-hmm. for an average of 17. And Mike Houston talked about him yesterday. Uh, cut nine, Shirley. His thoughts on Josiah Hatfield. Yeah, and then he, and he drew the pass interference on the other on the other ball too. So it's really good. You know, he's he's a guy that. You know, I've, I've said a couple of times we were recruiting him very heavily at James Madison when I was there. Um, you know, glad we were able to get him signed when I got here. Uh, but uh, you know, has a lot of ability, uh, has worked very, very hard, um, and so I'm just excited to see. You know, he had, had a good, solid game last week. You know, would like to see him follow it up this week. All right, Mike Houston there on Josiah Hatfield. We're wondering kind of where, what his role would be on this team. Looks like he's going to be a part of the offense. And, of course, C.J. and Snead have to get way more involved than they were week one. Uh, here's a big question, Bryce, and uh, you can speak to this. Well, what do you remember about coming off a loss and practice? And for fans, for like for us, it's like the end of the world. The season's <laughs> over. And then by the time like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday rolls around, it's like, all right, another opportunity. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, that, as a player, you got to kind of get over it quick, though, right? For, for sure. You know, they said, you know, 24 hour rule. Yeah. Um, you know, you rewatch the game on Sunday. And once you cover all those bases of, you know, and run through the practice on Sunday, you know, it's time to forget about it. I guess Monday's our day off. Yeah. Yeah, Monday's our day off. And yeah, I mean, you got to forget about it. I mean, it sucks to, um, at the time and it still sucks to lose um you know the weeks 
maybe not as fun because you're like, well, dang, you know, pressure's on or and all that. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to describe how the feeling is, but um, it could. It sound, I mean, it sounds like you can linger with. Yeah, you I mean, it kind of lingers, and then like practice is you know more tense. I'm not saying we you know you're not working hard, but you know when you're figuring on a winning streak, it's just like boom, boom. Oh, like, yeah. You're just on fire and practice is great um but you know the tensions are a little higher when you're continuously harry you know, carey used to say the the food tastes better the drinks taste better every, when you're winning everything's yeah. good practice right. is better um, when you're losing everything stinks yeah and i feel like you know tensions are even higher you know you make one mistake in practice and you know you'll hear about it and things like that so um you definitely you forget you know what happened last week but um Obviously, winning makes things a lot more fun, as we all know. And I'm sure the guys, you know, can forget about it, and not soak on it, and um, realize like they have a great. I mean, they have a great situation this coming week. Home game, SEC. You know, hopefully, you know, the stadium should be rocking. So it's. Uh, I mean, they have no reason not to be in a hyped up mood. Mike Houston was asked about how the team has responded. Uh, cut eleven, Charlie. Well, I thought you know Sunday's really the only time we've had with the guys. Um, you know, our staff. You know, most of our staff stayed in Charlotte and dispersed from there, and uh, we're on the road recruiting Friday for the first time in two years. So, um, you know, we, we were in the office on Saturday, you know, really spending a lot of time with the Appalachian State game, uh, and then, you know, going over everything for South Carolina, so we'd be prepared to, you know, use that game Saturday night. So Sunday was our big work day as far as, you know, getting the App State game evaluated with our players uh, and then getting out on the field. And so I thought they came back you know, good attitudes, you know, like I said, they're disappointed. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, fully by yesterday, you know, those are day off or their normal day off. And they were around the facility throughout the day, you know, checking in on the, the game plan and all that stuff and everything. So I would expect us to have a very energetic and enthusiastic practice today to get ready for Saturday. All right. There is Mike Houston also uh, for the first time in a long time. The Pirate Faithful going to be back at full force in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And Mike Houston was asked about how much of a difference the uh, crowd could make on Saturday. I think it'll mean a lot. You know, it's probably going to be the biggest crowd since I've been here. Um, you know, the funny thing is we, we got in last week and started talking to our, our players and most of them, that was the biggest crowd they'd ever played in front of last week, you know, because most of them last year was their first year of college football. So um, I think they're excited about it. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll obviously be electric. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons that so many of them came here to East Carolina is because of, you know, Pirate Nation and Daddy Ficklin Stadium, the way it is on game day. So uh, I think it's something that, uh, you know, should be a great home field advantage and something for them to feed off of. All right, there is Mike Houston. We'll hear more from Mike Houston when we return on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back. More of our Bud Light ECU report. We'll also make you a winner coming up at the end of next segment. And we missed out on Pirate Radio Outdoors with Bryce Williams last week. So we kind of got two weeks to catch up on. Oh, yeah. But first, we got to go over to Chandler Honeycutt, who did some hunting since last oh, time you've yeah. been here, Bryce. That's right. So we got a yeah. big edition of Pirate Radio Outdoors coming up later on on today's program. A lot more to go on Pirate Radio Live. We're back after this. Pirate Radio. And you write that down because when you're at East Carolina, you go for it every time. Or you don't coach at East Carolina, you don't come to East Carolina, you don't play at East Carolina with a weak heart. Write it. The voice of the Pirate Nation.
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, the kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Got Bryce Williams in the Pirate Radio studios. I guess there's no good time to do this on the weekend, but Major League Baseball having their Hall of Fame ceremony in the middle of, like, once football season begins, in the middle of the afternoon on Wednesday, it kind of tells you a lot about Major League Baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to get too many eyeballs. Why not, like, a Wednesday night or a Tuesday? Not that I would tune in anyway, so maybe I shouldn't be complaining about it, but I feel like Wednesday at 4.30, 5.30 is not the best time. No, it's like a, no. So, I guess Derek Jeter is uh, talking right now as he is uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. All right, um so targeting was targeting was a thing when you played right yes did they use to kick guys out i can't remember uh, when the i got started. kicked out someone targeted me and i got they got kicked out did you say Instant see you buddy get out of here um no i was on the side they wanted to do me a little give me a checkup oh and all yeah that. yeah but uh, which was kind of nice you know i said i took one for the team because i think it was like 15 yards yeah 15 um, yards player ejected first catch. Time. i wonder if i got caught i think i caught the ball targeted so does that increase my yardage? No. Dang. <laughs> no, not on the stat Just sheet. Just a thought. That's part of Bryce Williams' hidden yards you got over the years with PIs and oh, yeah. you know, added yeah. yards like that, defensive holding on you and yep. stuff like that. Uh, and we w- luckily, they don't take away yards when you hold, Bryce. How many times they get you for that? Mm, you know what? I may have a... No way you I got might- a clean record. I might have a clean no uh, no block in the back no holding no false starts full well false you've starts. had false I've starts i've had false starts i've had false starts i remember at uh <laughs> it was in tulsa for some for some reason i got a false start in tulsa not like it was loud it sounds like a country song but uh, <laughs> i got a false start in tulsa <laughs> I, would, I might be i jumped I be the gun it. in tulsa <laughs> So yeah, but uh, that I've had, I've had some false starts. All right. I will say that now. But holdings, all right. Maybe I don't have a clean record, but I can't remember. Hey, look, nobody's going to look it that up. That was perfect. Yeah, but I'm That's sure. Right. What about offensive pass interference? Yeah, I'm sure you pushed mm, off. I, th- the time I think I've had. I think I've had one or two. I wish they'd allow a little more hand fighting. I don't know how you feel as a receiver yeah. tight end, but I wish they'd let them play a little more on the outside but anyway slightly i bring that up because targeting has to be fixed now i I get it i I, agree i get why they put it in but when a the problem is the offensive player lowers his helmet on just about every freaking play yeah and uses his head as a missile Mm. and the defender uh you know repeats the act and he gets hit with the 
15 yards, which I'm fine with that, but you can't just throw every guy out, especially if it's an accident. Right. There needs to be some intent there. And I, I think with all the complaining that went on, it goes on every week, but Monday night in that old Miss Louisville game, that was ridiculous. We had four or five four? guys tossed. Four in the first it, half. Yeah. Uh, wow. Just ejected. There was one time where it was on the punt, it was on the kick return. They went out there to actually snap the ball and they stopped playing and said, We're going to review this for our targeting. It wasn't somebody that mm. was tackling the returner, it was the guy blocking for Louisville. And hmm. it was clear that he lowered the head and made helmet to helmet contact, but they ended up ejecting the guy that was actually blocking on the play. Hmm. So uh, it's I think in a few years we might see it cleaned up where maybe it's not an automatic ejection, but it'll still be the fifteen yards. But anyway, I bring that up because Rick DeBrew, East Carolina defensive lineman, could not play in the first half of the season opener due to a targeting call on the last game last season. Against SMU. Jeez, they really hold a grudge, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty harsh. Pretty much. And uh, Mike Houston was asked about Rick DeBrew playing after missing the first half and uh, and him moving forward. This is cut eight. You know, I, I didn't think he played uh, at the level he's capable of. Um, I think he's, he's probably a little frustrated with that, too. I mean, it's it's a hard deal, you know, sitting the whole first half and then, you know, jumping into a game mid, mid-stream because, you know, everybody else is kind of in the flow of it. But – you know, the good thing is we have him from the you know from the beginning this week. That you do. Uh full game of Rick DeBrew. Rick DeBrew's a pretty rocked up guy, uh, we've been told. Uh how did the running backs do without the ball in their hands on Thursday night? Uh the other side of running back, pass pro, all that stuff. Mike Houston was asked about that. This is cut seven. Well, and that's the the old adage is, you know, be a better player without the ball than you are with the ball. And that's you know, that's really the key to becoming you know, a top-end player. And, uh, you know, Roger and Keaton both had one uh, bust in protection. But, you know, you know, having one bust in protection, well, that's two pressures on a quarterback. So, you know, their, their number one thing is take care of the football and take care of the quarterback. You know, that's, you know, kind of their, their motto in that room. So, uh, you know, they take a lot of pride in that. Uh, they're very motivated by that. So um, it's something they have improved on since last year. Uh, and so, again, you know, game speed versus practice speed, you know, they're, they'll be more prepared this week for that. But, you know, certainly, you know, they did do some, you know, very good things with the ball in their hands, though. And finally, Mike Houston was asked about facing an SEC opponent in South Carolina. Cut 13. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with where they're from. I mean, we faced a quality team last Thursday night. I mean, that's – I'm telling you, Appalachian State's a top 25 team, you know, nationally. So, um so we faced a quality opponent. We're facing another quality opponent. So I think it's just they're the next one. Uh, you know, everybody puts a lot of attention on them because of the conference they come from. Uh, but there's good teams across this country everywhere. All right, there is Mike Houston Pirates and Gamecocks going at it Saturday at noon. Um, more in the not good news department. UCF has made it official. They are um, officially requesting to join the big 12 uh putting in their application mm. to join the big 12 so we'll be seeing them leaving we'll be seeing cincinnati leaving i think houston and byu the other two they could be heading to the big 12 so yeah we'll follow this story i do not like to talk about it because it's uh nothing good for east carolina yeah. we're being left out uh ucf 
going to the Big 12, and we'll see when that becomes official. Uh, Troy reminded me of this. I wish we had the audio from yesterday. We started talking about... um, I don't know how we even got on the subject. Oh, Dave Nickel. I think Stephen Igo was maybe looking down or something. He Well, he said... Like, Dave Nichols, I don't, he said, I don't want to hear anything about Dave Nichols. Nah, but I'm wondering how we got to that point. <laughs> but we, he said, you know, Dave Nichols did all he could. And to a degree, I agree, because Kurt Benker went down. And then you had James Summers. You had Blake Kim trying to play the quarterback position in 2015. Bryce, that was your last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you have said that you thought maybe... You go with Kemp the whole time. Use Summers at his strength, which would be running back receiver. And, and you know, I, I don't know how much you've talked on the air about Dave Nickel and the coaching staff, but yesterday Igo said nobody should say anything about Dave Nickel. He, he did the job with the, the hand he was dealt. And I said, well, what about players that played in that offense? Could they say anything about Dave Nickel? And Igo said, no, tell Bryce Williams to bring it on and let's have a discussion. Uh, do you have any? I, I actually have that audio. Oh, well, let's hear it. Let me make sure that this is the right uh, one. All right, let's go. You Hold on, because I had made a promo, a promo out okay. of it. All right, uh, cool. Hang on one second. Let me make sure this is the right one. On Dave Nickel. Yep, this is it. All hang right. on. Let me back it up. Let's hear it. Let's hear it from yesterday. Steve and I go in studio yesterday. I go and I tend to go off the beaten path and just get into arguments about things. <laughs> Do you really? And yeah. That happened yesterday. Everybody hates on Dave Nickel, but I tell you what, man, he took James Summers and Blake Kemp and almost made a ball game. So I don't want to hear any crap on Dave Nickel. Not even from former players that were in that offense. I don't want to hear a peep. Yeah, tell Bryce Williams to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Williams had a career year that year. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> we got Shirley. Great timing on the dang. Uh, I don't think I had a career. I could have had a really good career year from what it was telling me in training camp. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get the ball as much as you wanted to. What you said, like in the red zone. Yeah, I went eight games without. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think you just stick with one quarterback. That was one of your main gripes. That was one of the main gripes because Blake has, I mean, Blake has shown, you know, plenty of games where he had made plays and um, did well and keep him in i mean shooting and that's me i think that's you you pull you bounce back and forth two different quarterbacks no one's going to be able to get the flow of the game um you know i think we would have been much better off like you said utilizing james at his strengths you know yeah while some wildcats here and there i mean he can do it all but let blake be the primary i mean because he that's what y'all recruit him as was the quarterback so yeah and he's like I said so he's He's shown he can, you know, make plays and you know make smart decisions. So and again, if Ben Kirk goes, doesn't go down, we're not having these conversations. Right now, you did go from 18 catches, but uh, you had four touchdowns in 2015 mm-hmm. or 2014. 2015, the catch number goes way up to 58, but the touchdown yeah. stays the same at four. Yeah, touchdown. Yeah, I remember getting more catches, which was obvious. You know, it didn't have a, you know, it wasn't behind Hardy. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I had higher catches. It could have been way better um i you know i think you know probably maybe throw like 20 more catches in there you know just like two or three more catches a game uh touchdown more touchdowns touchdowns, yeah should have been should have been higher um in my opinion and i don't know maybe others but um yeah but yeah i I think dave nagel yeah sure you gave the hand you dealt but uh I, that's just me. I think you stick. 
like we've had preached to the choir and yeah yeah told you some more, but that's me mr igo <laughs> <laughs> we had to have you guys uh here at the same time oh also uh shane carden we had on last week and i asked him about you and uh what it was like to have you in the huddle and uh and he said luckily we went no huddle so i didn't yeah. have to talk to bryce yeah. in the huddle a lot. but he gave you a compliment he said some guys are book smart some guys are street smart you know some guys are football smart he said you were pretty street smart pretty football smart yeah as a player oh well, that's good thanks man didn't mention but, your grades or anything but yeah man, i mean me and grades i that, did all right i, I mean half right. of you's done it's fine yeah no, well yeah. it depends on which way you look yeah. at it um yeah i'll take that that's for sure as a compliment you can live yeah them, the books don't teach you what's out there in life there you go i tell you that that's right i tell you that so i'll take that as a compliment that would have been fun to like be in a huddle with shane uh you know especially like when we're winning you know winning which was off was was frequent it was that time and just to kind of joke around I got well, Shane, like, he's he's got a good sense of humor, but he's a uh, pretty serious guy. Now, I don't know him like you did. Y'all yeah, he would, yeah, I mean, he's got um, some serious to him. I think, you know, in that situation, I think for winning, I mean, I think it would have been fun to, yeah. to mess with him a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and it's, again, it's tough for you to tell Shane to give me the ball when Justin Hardy's Zay Oh, yeah, I totally understood, you know, understood my role, you know. Know your role. Know your like role. Like The Rock once said. Hey, the biggest thing is when your number's called make the play you make the play that i was thinking another word but uh yeah when your number's called <laughs> step up there we go step Whatever. up or step out exactly all right there you go bryce williams oh we got to get your prediction before we get out of here we got to go outdoors but surely right now we need to make somebody a winner booty 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 everywhere booty 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 everywhere all right, we've given away a Hungry Pirate. We've given away Domino's Pizza. What are we giving away on this Wednesday? We are giving away lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I've got a recommendation for our winner. Go with the cheesesteak, but get it in a wrap instead of the bread. It is the go-to move. Tell them Clip Rock sent you. What color are we looking for? Uh, 12. Someone just jumped the gun. We got some gun jumpers. Gun jumper, your call. Jump the gun in Tulsa. (laughs) (laughs) I held a man in Memphis. (laughs) Blocking the back in Houston. (laughs) I fumbled the ball in Gainesville. I was thinking Florida for the F and F. Bryce about lost his breath in Gainesville. I did. He was huffing and puffing. I lost my breath in Gainesville. All right, caller 12, 317-1250. More to go after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to Robert Matthews of Ahoski. Picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. It is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. 
Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, producing intern Preslin here as well. And uh, Bryce Williams with me inside the Pirate Radio studios. And uh, we've talked a ton of football on the ECU Bud Light Report brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be with you on the Bud Light pregame tailgate coming up Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. Proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. Pick you up some today and get ready for your game day tailgate. First tailgate in a while for a lot of people coming up this Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. All right, let's talk uh, Pirate Radio Outdoors. And, of course, we're going to go to... Chandler Honeycutt. Yeah, baby. Who dropped a little nugget on us earlier this week, and I said save it for Wednesday, but Chandler went dove hunting. Went dove hunting. Opening day of dove hunting was at uh, Saturday, and I had some buddies that wanted me to go with them, so we went out there, and there was three different groups in three different areas. Where were you? What? In in Sampson County. Where's that? I want to talk to Sampson. Autryville, North Carolina. You lost me there. What about Clinton, North Carolina? You know where Clinton's at? No. About 15 minutes away from Clinton. About All right, so 25 minutes from Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Okay, just okay. say that. So you no, north I, of, north I'm of proud of, of where I'm from. North I know, but just to give like a... I'm uh, to figure it out. It's east of Fayetteville. Yes. Sounds like my kind of town. I just need to know where Oh, yeah, is. you got to come down and hunt with us Roseboro, sometime. Garland, Delway. Okay. Salemburg. Newton Grove. All right. Salemburg's yeah. up there somewhere. That's where yeah, I'm from. Yeah. Salemburg, yeah. Clinton, Jerry, Butler's Crossroads. You're due east. Come on. Yes, due east. Did you get skunked? No. We, uh, we between the three. Little west of Mount Olive. There we go. Sorry, go ahead. Between the three <laughs> different groups we had, we shot 203 doves. Golly. That sounds like a lot. Is it the limit? 15 a person? Yeah. Uh-oh. So that means y'all Well, there was more. there was see. more people then. Let's see. <laughs> well, there was see. like. <laughs> Do you know how many dove? <laughs> 203. <laughs> hey, there's a knock at the door. I think it's the game warden. <laughs> I hope y'all had a. No, we, had, we did have a lot of people. I'll show you the picture of all the people that participated. There was a lot. How many? I, probably. I, I don't know. Probably Bryce, over you, 20 you people. Oh, you're good. Yeah, okay, over right, 20 people. Good. I'm just giving you our time. But anyway, we had a great time. Um. So yeah. Also, how many did you shoot? Well, you? see, I didn't. I didn't shoot. I, I didn't get my hunting license this year oh. because I didn't think about going until I realized that our game was on Thursday, and then I was like, "Well, I'll go," but I didn't get my license. Hold on, you said you went dove hunting. <laughs> I did go dove hunting. <laughs> you were out there. I was. You know what I did? Picked I, I picked up you the birds. You I was the spotter, and I went out there and I got the birds up. So uh, that counts. It. That counts. You know, he was in the mix. I was. I was basically the bird dog. <laughs> you were a bird dog. <laughs> you were a human dog. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> Chandler Honeycutt dog. Dog. Yeah. Chandler, you want to come over uh, this weekend? I'll throw the tennis ball. You go chase it. And yeah, sure. Back. I can do that. <laughs> All right, Chandler, you'll be pointing where the birds are. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> well, also, uh, I, before we get to Bryce, you said you ate a pig. That was killed the night before. Now, were you on this pig kill too, or did y'all get the pig from somewhere? No, my buddy's father that I was hunting with, he shot the pig. Where was that at? Autryville. 
Well, okay. How about that, Bryce? That's a quick turnaround. Yeah, you get, killed a table. They killed That's it about good, fresh seven seven o'clock. Friday night, and it was ready for lunch on Saturday. Oh, yeah. That's, that's and it was right, good, that's, good eating. I know. I've never had – no, I've had wild boar one time with uh, Polachek. But um, – <laughs> Doug Polachek, is that Polacek, his name? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, cool. No, no, did, did y'all grill out beverages? What was it like? Oh, was, many was beverages it? were consumed. They are grilling. Sounds like a good time. Grilling and chilling. Grilling and chilling. All right, Chandler, good stuff. Thank good you. addition to the Pirate Radio Outdoor segment. Bryce, let's uh, talk about what you've been up to. Uh, Not this past week or last week when we got missed out. Um, went to Carolina Beach and with, met a buddy down there. We went fishing. Was able to catch several good flounder. Couldn't keep them yet. Um, and finally caught some big redfish. Some of the biggest ones I've caught um, before. Um, 30 inch redfish, so that was a blast. Um, you talk about a strong fish, well, depending on what tackle you had. Um, but we were fishing by a dock and stuff, so twice I get hook up on them, and they, I mean, they're strong and they just peel and drag. And one of them, the first one got me under the dock, broke me off. So I'm like, all right, learning, you know, a little learning. Using the dock as defense. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So it was a little learning moment there. I was like, all right. So next time I hooked up, tightened the drag just a smidgen, got him out. Well, then he started running to the waterway, and I was worried about boats, you know, cutting the line in much hindsight. Probably wouldn't happen. I should just let him bear himself out, real man. Tightened the drag too much, popped the line. Well, then thankfully, on the third round, I was able to catch him in his 30 inches. So that was awesome to catch a big redfish. 30 incher. Mm-hmm. So I was super excited about that. He caught a 30 inch uh, red also. So. That was a good weekend, and then this weekend, you know, it's finally tr- flounder season. I was only able to get two flounder, but then I was able to catch a 25-inch uh, red on topwater. So, not a quantity, not a lot of quantity, but had some quality. But some quality. So, so it was good. It was good. Uh, eventful last two weekends of you know fishing and everything. So this weekend, I'll be in Winston for my little niece's birthday party. So. Water. I'm gonna try and do something. All right. I'm gonna try to do. We're something. getting into the hunting part of the Pirate Radio Outdoors, right? I didn't even realize it, but it is September 8th. Bow season starts September 11th. Okay, so that is game day for the Pirate. It's Saturday. game day, so I might wait a little bit till it cools off a little bit because my goodness, it's hot. I mean, I don't want to be in a deer stand. I've got thermos on, but mosquitoes sweating. Yeah, you know, just like eh. So, all right, we'll see what happens. We got to take our final time out. I think I know what y'all were laughing at in there. Is it uh, something that Robert pointed out on Facebook Live? And that is that is something that was directed at me over a conversation that we had over the phone. <laughs> it's an inside joke. We were hearing it, and Bryce asked. <laughs> yeah, we were wondering what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'll fill you in in the break. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Somebody filled him in. It sounds good. <laughs> We'll be back with more Pirate Radio Live after this.
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, take a look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was down 68 points at 35,031. The NASDAQ was down 87 at 15,286. And the S&P was down 5 at 4,514. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. And taking a look at your Bucks scoreboard, this game just ended. Mariners beat the Astros 8-5. to The Giants are trailing the Rockies in the top of the eighth inning, 4-3. to and the Diamondbacks are trailing the Texas Rangers right now 5-3 to at the end of the sixth inning. And that is a look at your scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in ENC. They are open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, uh, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule of the Buccaneer Music Hall. See ya at the Buck. Da Buck. Da Buck. All right, let's go ahead and put this one on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. What will the score be Saturday between the Pirates and the Gamecocks? Bryce Williams. Hmm, but we got a, we got a good situa- uh, atmosphere, I'm thinking. You know, Dottie Ficklin. You know, be rocking. Yeah, it should be rocking. You know, these, some of these guys haven't played in a, you know, stadium yet, so maybe they'll just be on fire. You know, I think we learned from last week. Um, I think we should be having a sharp practice this week. Scored 19. So late. I'm going. Of course, ECU. I mean, I think we'll score some points. I think we got it in this. I'm going 33. ECU. And 26, South Carolina. I like that. Pirates win it by seven. I think, yeah, I think so. I think, I think as um, defense is gonna step up, mm. hold them to field goals, and that offense should make some plays. Two touchdowns and four field goals for the uh, Gamecocks. With that's a lot 26. of field goals, but that I just think about. So yeah, but hey, bend but don't break. That's right. That's what we'll do. That's right. Bryce, enjoyed it, man. Yes, thank y'all. I did too. We'll uh, talk to you next week. All righty. Chandler, Shirley, see you fine folks. Thursday, 3 o'clock for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, 1250 at 92.7 FM Greenville, WDLX Washington, 930 at 104.1 FM Washington.